following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch. Way back in the middle of April, we finally were able to catch up with Alex Von David, friend of the podcast, and we were able to chat about Sword Art Online and the upcoming Kill a Kill game and various other projects he's been involved with. But before we dive into that, I wanted to take a moment to update you listeners on the comings and goings of Toonami and what plans we have for the podcast in the coming months. First of all, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable, Hunter Hunter, and The Promised Neverland have all finished airing on Toonami. We plan on having podcast episodes focused on each of them, and as of now, we've only recorded one for Hunter Hunter. That episode should hopefully be out sometime next week. If not, blame Paul, he's the one editing it. If you're hearing this podcast on July 6th, Toonami will be moving back to 11pm to 4am again, and there will be two new additions to Toonami starting tonight. The complete lineup is as follows. Dragon Ball Super at 11, Attack on Titan at 11.30, Sword Art Online Alicization moves up to midnight, Lupin Third Part 5 moves up to 12.30, a new show comes in at 1am, and it's Food Wars. Yes, that Food Wars, from Sentai Filmworks. At 1.30, we have Black Clover. At 2am, Boruto. At 2.30, Naruto Shippuden. At 3am is the premiere of Mobile Suit Gundam, The Origin. And all the way at 3.30 is My Hero Academia. And let me tell you, people were not happy about that. Now here's the thing, folks. If you want it to move up, watch it, support it. You can DVR it. After 3 a.m., it counts for the whole next day. So you could watch it anytime on Sunday, and it will still count. The only other thing that you can do is send polite messages to Toonami on their Facebook or to Jason DeMarco directly at his ask.fm backslash Clark Nova. I know it's frustrating, but please try to understand and do your best to continue supporting My Hero Academia. And maybe, just maybe, it can manage to move back up. So that's the lineup that's going to be starting tonight. Hopefully you tune in and enjoy. Needless to say, Food Wars was a nice surprise, and it's great to have Sentai Filmworks back on the menu. They seem very excited to be back on Toonami. We'll be sharing our initial impressions on Food Wars, Gundam the Origin, and Lupin the Third Part 5 in upcoming podcasts as well. But there's even more show news! Anaplex announced during their panel at Anime Expo that Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba will be joining Toonami as well. According to Toonami's Facebook, Demon Slayer will arrive sometime during the fall. Now that leaves in question, what's going to replace Sword Art Online and Attack on Titan as both of their current seasons wrap up in 
two and four episodes respectively and there's no word on what's replacing either of them yet but hopefully we'll at least hear what's replacing sword art online sometime this week because you know it's good to know that at least more than a week in advance which they didn't exactly pull off with food wars it's basically a week in advance <sighs> i do not envy them having to pick these shows in such rapid succession there's a certain perk to being able to have long-running series that you don't have to worry about for a while. Anyway, that's all of the news that we're aware of for the moment. <laughs> Who knows? We might get news before this podcast even comes out, as is usually the case. Uh, now it's time for a long and long-awaited conversation with Alex Von David. I hope you enjoy. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash Podcast to get started today. No, yeah. One no. could argue that it's still a better conversation than talking about Sword Art Online. <laughs> that was rude. That was rude. I came here amongst friends, and you had to give me that. Uh, thank you know, God I we got it in love. Thank God I was in here, man. No sandwich coon for sketch. Uh, well, at All least, right. you know, at least there's a healthy point, counterpoint balance to the group. You know, there's people who like Sword Art. And then there's people who don't like sword art. Yes. Or maybe there's person who likes sword art, me. And then there's people who are ambivalent towards it. <laughs> that, that sounds right. I legitimately <laughs> liked sword art until season three. And now yeah, I'm saying, You were saying you were disappointed it got a little it, it's uh it's it's a little it's a little slow for you right now or something. Yeah. I may be more like sketch in that season three has been a little bit of a disappointment to me, although I stopped at episode 10 on the simulcast, and now I'll just be watching the Toonami cast. So mm-hmm. we'll see how That'll it'll That'll be pick a better up. experience. I think so, too. But, like, other things kind of happened, and so it was tough for me to keep up. And since Toonami was getting it, it's like, eh, why force to watch it when you're kind of, like, meh about it right now? So, but it's fun to compare. Yes, I think it is. But uh, <laughs> it definitely, I will say from the start, it, it, it started okay, and then things kind of happen and you're like why um i feel as if i probably if i'm going to stick with sword on online at least like the main story i might have to just see it dubbed instead of like needing to know everything like i think the <coughs> seeing it in a more uh environment where i'm more accustomed of how i like to view things now it might make it a lot easier than it was before because there's a lot of there's info dumping and reading of, the yeah, subtitles reading those subtitles for that was not the easiest sometimes <laughs> Yeah, I oh, agree. You haven't even yeah, seen episodes twelve and thirteen yet. Nope. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of setup going on and stuff, and it's everything. I mean, all the all the groundwork for the rules of the world and all this stuff and what's going on at the Ocean Turtle and what Wrath is doing. And I'm telling you guys, the anime, the anime skips a lot of stuff that I was reading in the book. Going, wait, shit, they they need that. <gasps> uh, it's like. 
So I'm like trying to insert little bits of extra information in the dialogue where I can um, just to help sort of flesh out a little bit more of what's going on because the scripts that I'm working off of are the subtitle scripts. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's an adaptation too. So I'm working off of an adaptation. It's there's, there's a lot of stuff that either was cut because of the time space, uh, 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 what, what do you call it? The limitations of, uh, the subtitling space, the <laughs> captioning space, mm-hmm. um, or it, they just chopped it out. Wow. That's actually interesting. Um, they cut stuff out of this arc, at least from what you were able to get. Wow. I'm actually kind of yeah, shocked. Yeah. Again, this is one, this is something where I actually, you know, I, I bought all the books. So I watched the show. I'm, you know, and then I read up to, um, up to the end of the first part of the season mm-hmm. and and then i'll sit here when i start an episode i'll watch the episode again in subtitles and then i'll have the book in front of me and whenever i get hung up on a line i'll just flip into the book and be like oh this that and the other oh wait a second so the book is saying this extra stuff okay that's okay so now i i think i know how to make this line make sense let me see if there's time to do it so yeah, there's been that's that's happened several times actually that since is episode so one. Fascinating. Oh my god. I yeah. wish you could do that for more titles of like going to the source material to help out if you're stuck in the spot. That is so cool. That's you know, really I've cool. Done, that was um I was able to do that for Blue Exorcist the second season. Yeah, oh, of uh, course, right. Yeah. I was able to do that for that. I was able to do it for Konosuba and uh I was only able to do that for the first like five episodes of gun gale mm-hmm. um they just hadn't published the second volume yet gotcha. or the last two volumes so i i was kind of flying blind on the end of that show um but it but the books even actually helped for gun gale because in the beginning there was a couple things in the subtitles where i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> i went into the book and and you know they would a line that in the anime was actually a combination of two lines from like 20 pages apart, you know, shit like that was going on. So it was like <laughs> flipping back and forth and what? trying to find stuff. That's so, so it was, funny. Uh, yeah. But again, it's, I got, when I start a job, I make it very clear how much time I need to write. Mm-hmm. I say it's a minimum of four days guys. And if I didn't have that, I mean, if I didn't have that, I'd just have to blast through it. And I remember when we talked at last Anime Expo or with how much the script means to you when you uh, when you adapt stuff like that. So I, I, I think even the four days is pretty generous with how fast the dubs are being turned around and things along those lines. So I'm just surprised you're able to do it to a, a, a level that you think is right when it comes to well, your work. It's it's the it's the it seems to be the it seems to be kind of like the, the absolute minimum amount of time. Um, when I was working on Haruhi or Lucky Star, I was cranking those scripts out in about three days each. And that was like, that was like round the clock type stuff. And that was more than 10 years ago. And I am not the same person I was then. (laughs) So like, you were much happier back then. (laughs) Well, no, it was one of those things. It's you're, you're, 
you, I was maybe, let's see, that was Lucky Star was, I think, 2009 or 2008 when I was working mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. So I was already, I was only working in this industry for about three years at that point. Yeah, how he was like, I think 2000, that was 20, 2006, I think was oh. when I was working on Haruhi. And I'd only been working in the industry for like a year at that point. So um, everything was like really new. And it was, you know, the writing stuff was um, more of a challenge. It was fun, you know, puzzle, trying to make this fit, trying to make it work. Um, and it still is sometimes, but not as much as it was back then. If I could, if I could just direct like a lot of people have chosen to do, uh, that would be great because the directing part's actually easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the writing part, which is why I always say that the script is the most important thing in a dub, um, because everything is built on that. The actor's performances, the director's choices, well, sort of, I guess, the director's choices, uh, depending if they know the material or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, now it's, it's, I'm really, I'm really trying, to, I'm, I'm, I'm even more these days, I'm trying to focus on how to make every line sort of seem as if the animation was, or as if everything was animated to us, to what the the dubbers are doing. I mean, that's like the ultimate goal in a dub anyway, but I'm like really trying to make every single flap count. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still sloppy on the internal sync because I really could give a shit. You know, if, if some, if a mouth is flapping away, you know, trying to match every single time the mouth, like the lips come together for like a, like a half a frame or something that, that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff is just, it's, that just makes the whole line sound like crazy because then you're coming up with words that have all these, you know, consonants and syllables in it that sort of try to match those things. And then you end up just sort of coming up with like a word salad anyway. So that's, you know, that's not what I'm interested in, but still, it's those hitches, those those longer pauses in the line. You know, when a character starts saying, "Well, I guess in a in a in a in a dub that I wouldn't prefer," a character would say, "But then, what do you you know that kind yeah. of stuff?" Yeah, 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 yeah. So trying to figure out how to get around that stuff while still maintaining the integrity of a, a of the intention of the original line and what it means i mean it's 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 taking its toll <laughs> it's taking its toll i am i am i am i am i am almost to the point where i'm like man i don't i don't think i can do this writing stuff anymore but the problem is doing the writing helps me when i'm directing because then i could i know i know exactly why this character is making this effort or why this character is saying this line, why they're putting an inflection on that word, you know, it's all that stuff. It's, I can guide the actors better. And, and again, hopefully it'll be an experience that is similar to, um, what the creators intended originally. But again, the writing stuff. Oh my God. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am so happy this man got to direct Konosuba. I'm s- we are we are on a blessed yes. timeline. Jesus. No, I was happy too. I was I was that was a that was a that was I, that was a stroke of luck. Um, I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised I got to do it um, just because I don't I, – well, I don't know why they waited so long to dub it. By the time everything was cleared off my plate so that I could do it, it was like – it was still there. And then it was like, oh, yeah, so we're ready to go. So here's the you know translated scripts. Get to work. Um, and I think I wrote – I think I wrote all those scripts in a month, and then we spent another month recording all the, all the episodes, including that, the first OVA. So I was really lucky about that. I don't know if I'm going to be lucky with the um, season two, if that happens. Mm. So yeah, I don't, uh, it would, it would suck if I can't be involved in it, but nobody said anything about it. And (laughs) the clock's ticking folks. So we must have Alex direct all the dubs. This man cares. (laughs) He cares so much. Oh my that God! He, you could he just tell. See, ultimate pain. But, but see, even you said that, CJ. You said direct. You didn't say right. No, I want everything. You do everything. So, because it, because again, the 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 way Konosuba works, and I'm not saying this to be like uh, to to toot my own horn or be arrogant or anything. Like I truly believe this, um, and it's not. You can say the dub sucked or whatever. That's fine. But um, the writing stuff is still really, really important for a lot of reasons. One of the most important reason is um, so that I understand everything, everything so that I can help the actors better and so that I can at least understand the tone of it um, and know why characters are saying what they're saying. (laughs) Um, it's incredibly hard to do that when somebody else is writing the script because you're not intimate with every single line and every single effort. You're just, you come in, the script is in front of you. You start previewing Japanese and you're just like, all right, let's match the Japanese. I think she sounds a little, a little more disturbed. An actor says, well, why am I disturbed? I can't say, well, remember in scene three, because I wouldn't know, or I would forget because I'm not attached to the material. By writing it, it attaches me to the material. Now I'm invested. There's, you know, now I can say, well, remember back in episode three, Kazuma took your sandwich and kicked you in the nuts. So, <laughs> are you why, are you the only director that still writes like the scripts? You can't be. No there idea. has to be others. I have no idea. Yeah. I I don't know. I think um, I, Patrick Seitz, um, he he'll only um direct the anime that he writes okay um um i i i don't know about stephanie shay um i think i think she's she's so busy you know working on all this stuff uh with michael at nyv um i don't know if she has time to write although I remember she was, uh, she had to write a couple of episodes of something. I think it was, no, she didn't write. I don't, I think Marianne Miller wrote all the Fooly Coolies, the new Fooly Coolies. Um, but I remember she had said something. She was writing a couple of, or she had to write a couple of episodes on a show she was directing or a couple of reels on one of the movies that she was working on, but I'm not sure. I know that, I know for a fact that Patrick, when he works on anime, he writes it. Um, 
and Tony Oliver has pretty much stopped writing, although he does a lot of rewriting while he's recording. Okay. Um, I don't know about Chris. We don't really talk that much for some reason. Chris Kaysen. Right. Um, you know, once in a while we pass each other and I'm like, Hey, how's it going or whatever. Um, but I think, I, I don't think he's writing his own shows anymore. Um, and if he is, I don't know where he's finding the time because he's working <laughs> on like two or three things, you know? <laughs> so, Maybe yeah, he has a time he had, machine. He had Mike McFarlane scripts, One Punch Man, and he had, uh, I think it was, uh, maybe Josh Grayley wrote Seven Deadly Sins. Got it. Okay. But I was just curious because um, okay. I, I kind of, so, I like your style too, especially with how like intimate and how you want to make sure that not only you're prepared for stuff, but your fellow comrades are when they work on it. That's all. I just, I find it fascinating hearing about it. Well, well, yeah. I mean, that's just my work ethic. Um, and that comes from like, you know, uh, film school and directing commercials and, mm-hmm. And doing all that stuff, it's like a you know a director isn't just the person who says you know action and cut. Um, director has to know why they're setting up a camera in a certain position and why the lights got to be a certain way and why the music cue hits here and why the sound dips down here and of course why an actor would cross a room and or why an actor would turn and hit another actor or dump a glass of water on another actor or whatever. So all that stuff just translates to this because honestly if if you know crispin freeman if you're working with crispin freeman on haruhi and he's looking at you going hey this uh this line doesn't make sense the 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 time slip thing doesn't make any sense and you don't know you don't know why it doesn't make sense and you can't like have a conversation with him about how to make it make sense um you're in trouble as a director so you're not helping the show anymore and you're not helping the actor anymore. And the actor picks up on that. And if it's someone like Crispin, Crispin's going to be like, Oh, okay. So basically I got to take the reins of this shit. Hmm. And that's when it gets dangerous. I mean, I, I, I Crispin's great. Don't get me wrong. Right. He's, oh no, no, no. Yeah. It's yeah. a great actor and everything, but the worst thing to happen for, for, the worst thing t- that could happen to a show is when an actor stops listening to the director's suggestions. So I want to make sure that every actor understands when they come in, even if they never worked with me before, I want them to know that if they have a question about something, I'll have an answer that's right. And if I don't have an answer for something, we can talk about it in an intellectual way. Not just, you know what? We got to keep going. Just match the Japanese. Okay, roll. Because right. that, I think, is, I mean, I don't know how many actors take what they do seriously when they do a dub, if they think it's real acting or not. Um, I respect them for, for how much training they've had in their life and what they're trying to do with acting, what acting brings to their souls or whatever. And yeah, this may sound kind of like hippie or whatever like that, but... <laughs> You know, if you're, you know, if you're doing this stuff for a living, you're getting something out of it. Yeah. Um, and I try to think that if I respect the people I'm working with for their time and for their input, this also includes the recording engineer. 
um, and the mixing engineer at the very end, um, if I'm respecting them for their time and talents, I have to be prepared. I have quite a few director friends who could learn a thing or two from you. Just just throwing that one out there. Quite a few that oh, could learn from you. Well, again, you know, I'm I'm in a position where I've learned over the years that it takes a certain amount of time to do what I do. Um, when somebody offers me a job, I remind them. And I say, it's going to take me this much time to do this. Is it possible? Is It's going to take this much time to record it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to record an anime 50 loops an hour. Like some people are proud of doing. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think that's fucking crazy. Some people even are proud of like a hundred loops an hour, you know, recording anime. And I'm like, blows my mind. <laughs> it just, it's one of those things where it's like, y'all are not fucking paying attention. The intentions are in every single effort and line and something's getting lost. You're changing something a little bit too much. My job is to serve the original intention as best as I can. Just putting an English spin on it, yes. Um, but again, that's my job. And part of that job is helping the actors through the process. So when somebody offers me a job, Four days minimum, folks. That's that's just how it's got to be for each script. And, um, you know, I'll go as fast as I can. Um, but it's not going to be 50 loops an hour or 60 loops an hour unless everything's a fucking battle episode, you know. <laughs> and that, then that's no problem sticking to that. If all the characters are fighting every single episode for like 10 minutes, it's like, sure, I'll hit those numbers. But I don't get those kinds of shows. I get, you know. Shows that have, you know, dialogue. That's just Content how it's been. Substance. Now, yeah. you say four days, but how, how many hours of those days? Probably, well, when I, so I, I would probably say about 16, sometime 18 hours a day. Um, but, oh, boy. But yeah. this is, but this is going from, like, I don't sit at my desk for 18 solid hours doing this. I'll be at my desk. I'll get up, sit on the couch. I'll go, you know, sit by the window. Um, I'll get up and, you know, walk over to, you know, the place to get a sandwich. Um, sandwich sandwich coon. Or I'll get up to go to the refrigerator and make my own sad sandwich. Or, um, you know, stuff like that. It's so there's there's moments when I take like a little breather. But it's not like, hey, I'm going to go out to dinner with friends. That doesn't happen. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. There's there's a lot of things that I've that I've missed. You know, a lot of family things too, because it's like, shit, I gotta get this fucking script done because we record on Monday. So I'm sorry, I can't come down and spend Easter with y'all. You know, luckily I have a family who understands that. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's uh, it, it's. I committed to do this job and I have to do it as well as, as the best I can. And unfortunately, um, that is, that's how I do the best I can. Yeah. And it's funny too. Even then I fall short. There's times when it's like, I miss something or, um, or there's a line that, sort of slipped through the cracks. Maybe the performance was different when one actor came in and when the other actor came in, 
you know, they actually, they're, um, the, they're, the line, the response doesn't quite work, doesn't quite connect. It doesn't sound like they're, you know, they're really talking to each other. And unfortunately, one actor who recorded first is out of town for a month because they're doing a play or they're, you know, doing the con circuit or whatever. And so this one line that's usually it's an innocuous line. It's something nobody will really notice except me. But it's still it's one of those lines. It's like, God damn it. I wish you could go back and redo <laughs> it. So it's just it's fascinating, too, with like how meticulous and how careful you are with these deadlines and things like that. And yet all of a sudden a studio or at least a company that I'm not so accustomed to these quick turnaround dubs is all of a sudden starting to get that with all these types of shows, the Sword Art Online included. Like, it's it's kind of interesting uh, transformation that's been going on. Well, I, I think it's one of those things where the, you know, there's just no choice. Um, you have, like, Netflix, um, they want the whole season up all at once in multiple languages, and they have set a deadline based on whatever they think um, is acceptable in, you know, going through discussions with other studios or whatever or past experience working with other studios. And it just, it, it just, it puts a strain on everyone. Mm. It's, you know, this kind of, this kind of stuff doing, doing work as fast as some people are doing it is number one, it's not healthy. Uh, number two, the work suffers because nobody gets a chance to really live with it and really understand what's going on. But like I was saying before, in the end, most fans don't notice <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, I'll say it again. I, I'm on Twitter and I'll scroll down. I, I spend way less time on Twitter nowadays just because it's so fucking toxic, but the Ooh, get on Twitter for like a day for like one day, I'll get on Twitter for like a minute or two and I'll just do a quick scroll um, and see if anybody has any questions for me. Um, Cause I try and answer those if I can. Um, if I'm allowed to, or fuck with Erica Mendez or somebody. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, like, I feel like that's your main purpose. It's, oh, it's yeah. not a, a complete day for Alex Von David without messing with Erica Mendez. Oh, I got it. It's either her or Christina V. Because I'm getting tired of Christina V's fucking selfies. <laughs> every, every six and a half minutes, it's like a new selfie. And it's like, oh my God, Christina, what are you, Jesus Christ. You know, like you know, considering that she played like, darkness, she probably enjoys the abuse you're giving her. And it's like, fuck. Selfing <laughs> <laughs> <Something> away. <laughs> I mean, it's adorable and, and it's funny, but oh my God, get to work. Um, no, so it's, I, I mean, I mean, it's Twitter, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to. I if you sketch, if you don't mind, I do want to ask probably the big question when it comes to at least the recent season of Sword Art. If you'd let me, Alex, mm-hmm. how did how did you attack episode ten? Um, I found that to be personally very disturbing, and not in a way of like obvious. It makes you uncomfortable due to the subject matter of it, but because mm-hmm. it just kept this theme keeps on coming back. It's how I feel. When like looking at Jojo with how there's so much animal abuse and it's just at some points it just really gets to me where I'm like, why do we keep coming back to this? How did you uh, and everyone really yeah. attack uh, performing for that episode considering 
how some people found it extremely distasteful, myself included, others. You know, right. I'm not here to like say burn the sword art or anything like that. I'm just curious how you and the actresses and the actors and everyone involved were able to really kind of not necessarily muscle through because that sounds like you were begrudgingly doing the series, which I know you're not. You're a huge. Obviously, you love Sword Art Online, which you know is awesome just because you care. Uh, and you're working on the project, but how how did everyone kind of get through? Because I we already know that the actors were like there were no surprises. We knew exactly what was coming up. You know, everyone did a good job. Yeah. So I wanted to hear like yeah. your your uh, take on everything with that. Well, I guess um, well, I guess for starters, um, I mean, watching it, um, I didn't like you know, uh, I didn't react like oh he's going there again like everybody does when I watch something. Um, I just let it happen and I take it in. And, um, if something, if, if I disagree with something or if I find something that's, uh, makes me roll my eyes or something like that, I usually just stop and think about that for a second. Why is, why did it pop me out of the story? Um, this episode 10, um, when I was watching it, uh, subtitled, the only thing that hit me in episode 10 was, oh shit, this is the turning point for Yu-Gi-Oh! And that's all that, that I thought about. I'm not a victim of sexual assault. I don't know anybody who has been accused of it. I do know some people who um, have, are, you know, have been raped, have been sexually assaulted, um, who have not gotten justice. So all that stuff with the girls was making me think about them and reflect about what they go through on a daily basis. But when I started writing the episode, I just stuck to uh, working the same way, um, trying to make the all the lines read and as, as if they're being said for the first time. And trying to put this kind of flow into it, trying to make sure that the audience understood how Rios and Umbera were getting away with what they were getting away with, trying to make sure Yujio's internal monologues, along with his external dialogue to, to Rios and Umbera, that everybody understood where Yujio stood. And as for the girls, well, I mean, there wasn't much dialogue in, in, in that thing for them. Hmm. Um, but that's how, that's how I approached it. I, I just, uh, I hate to say it. Um, it sounds callous, but I approached it like I approach every episode and gave it the same amount of care and attention that I give every episode. So, you know, it, it wasn't giving me the creeps and it wasn't giving me any sort of those kinds of repulsion type feelings or anything. Honestly, I don't have time to feel those things because... Of course, right. I got a job to do. And that was an episode that Lucian had cracked open first. So he had the first pass of the script, but because I was, I was already rewriting um, uh, the dialogue from other parts of this, uh, from the other scripts that he was writing. um, I was kind of changing a little bit of how Umber and Rios were speaking and some of the terms that they were using. Cause you know, we had to we had to stick to certain terms. The Lucian caught a lot of those terms and stuff. But there was a couple of things that he had questions about. Um, so he, he would 
he would he wrote a line and he would have a little question down below saying, hey, I don't know if this is the right thing for this. I'm not quite sure what's going on here. But in that process, 10, obviously, I had to sort of tweak those lines as well. So maybe that ha- that made me already disconnect from it emotionally a little bit more. Okay. Um, I, I'll never know because I can't go back and just write and start the episode fresh. You know what I'm saying? Um, but because I was looking at Lucian's script and analyzing it and going, okay, this is in sync. Okay. That's a great line right there. Leaving that alone. This line, I'm going to try and do something a little different with it. That, I mean, emotionally that probably took me out of it a little bit. Most of the, most of what was going through my head was, Boy, I can't wait till this airs on Toonami. <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, I know, I know what everyone's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to be on Twitter when mm-hmm. this is airing. I, I even put out a tweet saying, nope, not even going to bother. No, yeah, not a chance. It's, yeah, it's like, it was one of those things where it's like, I think Sketch, you and I we were DMing last night, and I think I, I think I, dm this to you i said sword art is like sword art is the fat kid or the nerd in junior high that everybody picks on and you know and these are nerds picking on a nerd yeah (laughs) so it's like well that's that's what nerds do now yeah for real yeah well i mean nerds are cool so the word nerd isn't an insult anymore it's like a badge of honor which Mm. blows my mind um it's like you could be lewis skullnick and steal people pies now yeah, it's it's bizarre to me. It's bizarre for my generation because literally, you called someone a nerd back then. Fuck, man, you, your teeth were, would be embedded in my fist. <laughs> it's like there's no, you don't fucking do that. But nowadays, it's like, you know, everybody's a fucking nerd. Give me money, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had to I had to correct people. I was like, not all of you are nerds because I'm like some of you are just fucking hipsters and posers. It's like, yeah. quit trying to become one of my people. You are not of my people. Hmm. Yeah. I totally. literally tell them, man. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I, whatever, whatever. But it's nerd know, again, cultural it's, appropriation. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, Don't you is. steal it my is. culture. It is. It is, guys. Because, I mean, the studios, I mean, look at the studios. They're all like superhero movies. And, you know, they want to make yeah. the that subculture happiest with it because that's the subculture that props up these billion dollar franchises i mean go figure there, star wars wouldn't still be going on if it wasn't for my generation going holy shit that's the greatest thing ever i want to buy the comic books i want to buy the t-shirt <laughs> i want to buy the lunchbox i want to buy the fucking action figures I'll i want to talk about it. it with my friends i want to have lightsaber fights with my friends six years old running around dressed like luke skywalker and darth vader you know come on Lando Calrissian, sir. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with all those cool characters and that wonderful world and stuff like that, is there anything more nerd culture than that? No. Shot first. Lord of the fucking Rings. (laughs) Yeah. Extended version, man. I did not move from it. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I mean, who, who would blame the studios for going after, you know, that market? Yeah, you know that said, um, I knew I knew everyone was going to have a problem uh, with Sword Art episode ten, so I stayed off Twitter that night. I just announced that hey, it was you know a double double dose of it or whatever. 
and hopefully they'd enjoy it <laughs> for what it's worth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, did they? I have no idea. I I'm going to say it was as split as it's always been. And yeah. and you know the there more were I... definitely some people who enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sketch. Well. Sketch. Be good. That some people really liked how uh, Ryo's like jumped through the air. <laughs> Wasn't that silly? <laughs> that looked ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. That's kind of that's kind of the problem with almost all of these sexual assault moments in Sao. Is they're they're comical almost yeah. with how over the top they are, like. Sugo licking Asuna's tears. Yes, the, the licking and the jumping and those kinds of Sinon's things. Sinon's friend frothing at the mouth. Yep. So those things are kind of old hat. I mean, that's like a that's like an older sort of style of showing this kind of like sexual depravity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I've seen that in so many anime up to Sword Art that when it was going on in Sword Art, I was going, "Oh, okay, so depraved." Got it. Kind of a a throwback, even, because that's really more something you would see in 80s and 90s. Absolutely. Yeah. I I told people, I was like, look here, this is um, vanilla compared to Berserk and Elfin Lead. I was like, trust me. Like, you know, what you did, Alex, it was great, man. We know you put all, you know, you put your heart and soul into it. And, you know, I look at it for what it's worth, you know. No, the sexual assault stuff, it, it is cringeworthy to me because, you know, issues. But the thing is, I still have to I still have to be unbiased and say, hey, it was still good because of the way you, you know, you the direction you went with it to, you know, provide a good, you know, good material and a product for us. That's how I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the next part of this conversation should be with the should be about the actors. Yeah. Yes, the actors. Yeah. So the actors all knew what was going on before they were cast as those characters. Um, they all told me that mommy at Bang Zoom, she also included the clip with their auditions to say, here's what is going to happen. Um, not only to um, uh, Kimberly and Deneen, but also to Steve and Chris. So they all knew, guys and girls knew what was coming up. And then, you know, the audition process happened and whoever auditioned, auditioned. I don't know who because, quite frankly, I wasn't involved in any of that. I just, all of a sudden, the names popped up on my sheet and I was like, okay. I worked with Deneen like once, I think. And Kimberly, I don't know. Steve, I know very well. Chris, I've worked with. And I know Chris is a badass. So (laughs) let's, let's see what happened. And when they showed up, I asked them all again. You guys know what's coming up, right? And everybody said, yes, we got the clip. We got this, that, and the other. And everybody was 100% professional, 100% into it. I did not uh, spend a lot of time, or I should say I didn't spend a lot of takes on any of the girls in peril or even Rios and Umber doing their screams and stuff. We previewed the, the sections and uh or the blocks of sections because uh whenever there was a the shot would cut away we would stop the preview so i preview it once and say okay well this is kind of a long bit of uh i guess whimpering if we're talking about uh ronier and tise um this is a long bit of like 
uh, whimpering and sobbing and terror. Um, here's an, here's the uh, out time code. It's on the script for you. Do you want to see another preview or are you okay with just the one? And, you know, sometimes they need to see the preview again just because they there was like a physic, piece of physicality or something that they wanted to make sure that they were ready for. But most of the time, the actors were just like one preview and we do it once. We may have done like uh, one or two safeties on some of that section, but I didn't want to keep going over it. And it really wasn't necessary in the end because everybody was great, you know, take one. Um, if we needed a safety, it was probably just because there was like a, a potential technical issue and we just wanted to make sure that it was covered and that we didn't have to ask them to come <laughs> back later on and redo this like one, you know, horrible bit of business. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the so, one... so there are actually multiple versions of that scene. So you, you recorded probably the longest version of that scene, yeah. right? Yeah. So we recorded the version that everybody saw in Crunchyroll. That's uh, not actually the most uncut. Oh, yeah, no, Crunchyroll didn't get it. Yeah, Japanese, yeah. Well, then, well, then, you know what? Probably we recorded the, we were probably, we recorded something. (laughs) (laughs) I just hope you don't have to go back and, like, do more. (laughs) No, I I mean, as as far as I know, like, I didn't compare and contrast. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Oh, my God, that would be torture. I, I watched. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Like, be able mm, to, no, you see that that scene went on just slightly longer. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't be able to do that. And the reason I said uh, the reason I think it's the same one that it was from Crunchyroll was because that the image that I was working off of was uh, irised or darkened in places, um, mm. just how I remember it being in the Crunchyroll. So I just assumed it was a Crunchyroll one, and then I assume that which you guys just told me isn't the case. I assume the Crunchyroll one was the uncut version, but uh, if that wasn't uncut either, probably the version I was working off of is the uncut version. I would assume, so, yeah. I, I yeah. guess. There wasn't, um, I mean... So buy the Blu-ray and find out, kids. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, you know, I... Don't worry, yeah. Alex, I will probably get it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate... I appreciate then we'll know. But, you don't have to if this stuff is like I know that this stuff is really distur- it can really be disturbing it, to some people. I will For I me, will yeah. I mean personally it was. It was yes. flat out, you know, and that's okay, yeah. but as I've tried to t- not necessarily like twist my head into a knot, I like the franchise overall. I just got GGO. If I was that upset with it, I wouldn't have even supported that. You know what I mean? So it's oh. like it's I take it as the one thing that just bothers me, and it and like that's fair. There was a heroic Nazi figure in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I reviewed oh, yeah. JoJo's Bihar- yeah. Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Coming as yeah. a, as someone who's Jewish, and it it pains yeah. me. It hurts, and it even hurts about the dog stuff. It's like there's so many ugly things in a lot of popular anime and manga. But of course, nope, just Sword Art does the only thing wrong. While everything else is tasteful and perfect. But I'm saying like. But- there's these bad yeah. things in other stuff, and I don't let it affect me. I was bothered by this one, definitely. and it, 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 I guess it shook me more than I thought it would. But it's just one of those things where I I understand, or I don't understand. It's just more like the overall product, is some, or as in Sword Art Online itself as a whole, isn't inherently bad, as some people might want to make it out to be. 
No, well, some people just try to blow it up out of proportion, you know. Like, you, yeah. you, really, you still got to look at some things. This is still fiction, and we get that these real-world things happen. But don't be mad at the people who's actually doing this to bring something to the table for us to watch. Mm. Uh, and if anybody is, I mean, they got to be just, like, really young kids or something, just, like, having a laugh. At, because I don't think an adult, a mature adult, would actually say, Oh, these fucking actors! How dare they? You know, it's right? Like, yeah. No, what are you? What are you fucking stupid? Is this the first thing you've ever watched on on a TV? Have you ever have you not seen anything? <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, I know. It's you just heard of Game so- of Thrones, yeah, Law and Order, SVU, which is like one of the yeah. longest running shows on television. Yeah. So it's like for me, I I look at I look at these tweets and I'm and I literally think they're just bullies. They're just bullies. There's there's nothing you can do about them. No. Um, you know, they're going to punch you because you like something that they don't like. Or they say they don't like something because it's cool not to like it. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, John Cena. But <laughs> 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 seriously, I mean, this it's, it's a whole psychological grab bag of all sorts mm-hmm. of weird, sociopathic, narcissistic bullshit. Yeah. And... It's stuff where that's that's completely blown up because of social media. Because if you got a hundred followers and you tweet out some bullshit, and those hundred followers retweet, respond in the favorite or the positive, look at Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, this is this is what happens, guys. <laughs> I think the power of social media. I think for me, yeah. what at least my main issue personally was, besides like the obvious of it. As I just thought that, considering the author of the of Sword Art Online, I thought he could have made these two uh, antagonists like be shown that they're antagonists in other ways. Like they, could, I thought a better way would have been if they uh, had training accidents, and I'm using air quotes with that with their uh, pages to show more physical abuse, which is just as disgusting, obviously in real life. But it wouldn't. I, I think it would have. You would have had the same reaction of like, we need to stop. And UGO could have had his heroic moment against like the taboo index that we saw and it would right. solve the same thing and it wouldn't have caused the big hoopla as a good there could have been other avenues and it just it, sadly we stuck with this and i kind of put it to more because yeah. i do think the author is actually talented you know what i mean like he's a he created such a interesting world in sword on online you couldn't have thought so, of like something more you know what i mean that that was yeah, my thing in the book the scene isn't as, it, the scene definitely isn't as gnarly as it is in the anime. That's a plausible. In the I anime, like it just in the book. As I was reading it, I was going, "Oh my god, this is horrible! What's Yu-Gi-Oh going to do? Is he going to like break out of his like sort of block or whatever that's keeping him from moving?" Um, it was like it was it was very thrilling and scary. When I saw episode ten, I was like, "Oh shit, that's what happened." <laughs> like, <laughs> It was, it was like kind of, it it was way more amplified than I got out of the book, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it seemed like, enough. yeah, it seemed like, and you know, and again, I was getting flashbacks to old fucking anime that I'd watched, an old like right. crazy fucking hentai shit, which I think I've mentioned before, Nightmare Campus. Oh, oh man, God. dude! I yeah. never heard of that. Should I should I look for it? Want to hear? No, you don't want to hear. You gotta yell on that. You, oh, I'm no. sorry. We gotta. I gotta do shout it up. You don't want that smoke. Skip. Oh, dude, you don't want that. So, kind of smoke. 
it's yeah and so it's like i'm 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 like getting flashbacks of that watching the anime but in the book i was just like holy shit what's yuju gonna do what's gonna happen to the girls oh my god somebody stop him where's fucking kirito you know it's like somebody come and help these people i i will say if it makes you feel any better alex i do know personally fans of sword online who are still like huge mega fans felt that very same way even watching the anime so you did you were able to convey that when oh, you yeah. were when you were adapting yeah, I, it, and some people saw that too so it isn't all like i know i may see more doom and gloom about it even if i try to be more moderate and fair but there were people no. who were who were like no didn't you think about you know breaking the taboo into and i'm like that is a that's a good point valid point it's, so people did get that too i mean is i mean that's great i'm, I'm glad they got it because that's ultimately the point is mm-hmm. the point was to make yugio the target of the bad guy and the only way to be the target of the bad guy is to break the taboo index to show your will um is stronger than the laws of the land but i you know going into it also i knew that um there were people who are probably going to go into this thing cold people who don't follow the manga or the, the light novels or the manga who haven't watched the subtitled version people who don't really pay attention to all the bullshit going on on social media and they're just like watching it with the other shows and i was worried about those people um yeah. because if something like this happened and one of them had gone through an experience like that i i i, I didn't want that to happen mm-hmm. and i have a feeling that that probably did where somebody was watching it and it uh it really fucked them up yeah. um which i hope i hope didn't happen but odds are I'm sure somebody probably probably had to call someone that night. Potentially, say, hey, yeah. We got to talk about we got to talk about what happened a few years ago again. Yeah, because I just saw something and I'm not feeling right about it. And um, you know, that happens, you know, like that. Yeah, that's just how it, I get. Like it was definitely. I feel like, and I apologize. I wasn't trying to make it like an unfair question. Obviously, you go into this like you know you got to do your job and things like that. I was just more curious on your take of it. That's all. So no, like I, I wasn't a, trying no, to like start anything. With guys, that. if I had a problem with you guys asking me anything, <laughs> I would say, "Hey, I can't talk about that," or "I'd rather not talk about that." I'll be I'll be straight up with you guys. Yeah, you never put me on the spot. You guys have always been super cool. So I well, don't I don't you can <laughs> you can ask me anything, and I'll be one hundred percent honest with you guys if I can. And if I can't, I'll definitely say, "Hey, I'd rather not talk about it." Well, but for stuff yeah, like this. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I prefaced it with a lot of stuff for a reason. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a survivor of sexual assault or a victim of sexual assault. I do know people, a few friends, mm-hmm. who are victims or were victims who never got the justice that they deserved from their attackers and rapists. They have to live with that every single day. So I see that and how it affects them. They're They're okay. But I know that it's something that they still carry with them. Um, yeah, they had to go through therapy and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're fully functioning adults who have families of their own, but there are times when, you know, they just don't want to go see this movie Yeah, because there's a scene in it that they heard about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, and they know about it and it's like, okay, we're not going to see that movie then. Let's go get something to eat. No big deal. 
Exactly. It's, it's seriously, it's like no different than what I have to deal with on the Fourth of July, man. You know, yeah. Normally, the normally the loud noises don't bother me, but you know, sometimes it's some right, yeah, that will, that will trigger me, and exactly. you know, I found myself on the freaking floor curled up in a ball. Oh Jesus! Can't you get like some noise canceling headphones and stuff and like watch something cool instead of? Would, would that help? Like Konosuba, Darrell, watch Konosuba. Like, I, I literally listen to a lot of music for the most part. Um, most of the time, like, literally, it used to put me to sleep. But, you know, like, lately in my neighborhood, like, a lot of guys have been shooting firearms left and right, you know. So I'm, I'm a little bit on edge at times. So yeah. it's like, I, I can't go to sleep now. <laughs> right. You know, because I, I know, seriously, like, it doesn't matter what weapon it is. Whatever they shoot, I'm already, I already know what they're shooting. Like, I literally right. went to sleep with Howard's is going off, man. Right. But this right here, right, it's, it's just a trigger sometimes. Yeah, no, and I and I understand, and, and, I, and I understand that, yeah, episode 10 and, you know, what was going on with uh, uh, Sugo in season one yeah. and the tentacle monsters in season one um, and uh, uh, fucking Johnny's character, Shinkawa, in season two. I know that stuff um, bothers some people, and um, I, I'm, I'm sorry that they were dealt that hand and somebody did that to them. I hope they got justice, and, uh, and hopefully all the people talking about what was coming up in episode 10 warned everybody or gave everybody enough warning to stay away. I know Sketch did. He did a damn good yeah. job about that. Sketch was really good. <laughs> yeah. okay. No, no, no. Like that's not even me kidding. Like I think Sketch did a really good job because I think Sketch and I, I say this constantly. Sketch is the voice Toonami needs. He yeah. does. A, he does a really <laughs> one, good job. One thing in my mind was like, it, it would not be good for this episode to air right before the premiere. Of the promise. Oh, Neverland. I wasn't even. I wasn't even thinking of that. But I just mean in general when it comes to like Sketch did warn people. You know, it apparently got heard from very powerful people in Toonami, and, like, that's awesome, too. But I just mean, like, when the episode was about to air, Sketch is like, yeah, this is going to be violent, and, you know, it will make you uncomfortable, so please be advised, you know? And, yeah. Like, it's, well, stuff and then a lot of people's reaction to that was, it was nothing. Oh, shit. Remember when, um, I think Paul or something, he had he had tweeted something out about, I guess when Gun Gale was announced that it was going to, like, Hulu and Netflix... And Paul had tweeted something out saying, like, goddamn Hulu or whatever. And I was like, dude. Yeah. And so I tweeted back at him and I said, hey, maybe Toonami didn't want it because of, you know, the, the gun violence. The, right. The gun yeah. violence that has absolutely zero consequences for anybody playing. Yeah, I think <laughs> around that time, you know, we had a lot of, like, you know, you know, shootouts in schools and everything, man. Like, you know, gun violence. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. And I even put that in my tweet <sighs> saying, hey, right now at this time. It wasn't good for Toonami. Yeah, and, and I said maybe that was why they turned it down. Maybe I don't know. Um, and fuck, man, the amount of the amount of fuckers that came on and were calling me like fucking shithead and an asshole and yeah. fucking this, that, and the other. And I'm like, child, child, fucking child, embryo. Like, <laughs> that feels like, good. Like, oh, I gotta try dude. that. I gotta try like, that now. Embryo, you're, you're not dude. even a child yet. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Seriously, if these motherfuckers dared speak to me that way in person, oh no, 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 no. Across the job, brother. Yep. 
fuck that. But none of them do. None of them can no. because they're fucking assholes. Dude, well, cowards are the biggest assholes. And all they do is they like kicking the fat kid around in junior high. That's all they're doing. Yeah. And I tell honestly, you, none of them would ever tell Bryce to his face what they think about it. Exactly. Oh, shit, no. <laughs> Bryce. Bryce is one powerful guy. <laughs> and yeah, no, he's, uh, yeah. It's, but it's, it, this is the, this is the thing about social media that it's just, it's just, it allows cowards to, present themselves as being brave yeah. or it, it allows people who are stupid to present themselves as being intelligent. All you have to have is an opinion and stick to it. And then, you know, you're going to have a bunch of people saying, yeah, he's right because X, Y, Z. And it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong anymore. It just matters that you're being Requoted, retweeted, favorited. It's you're given mentality. Yeah, yeah, you're given legitimacy. And so, again, it's kind of like when episode ten aired and the night was over. I went online to see what was going on, to see if anybody had any questions for me, to have had any comments. If somebody was really messed up about it or something, maybe I don't know. Maybe I could talk to them or something. Or if, you know, if somebody had a problem with me working on it, maybe I could say, hey, this is a job and this is not real. This is supposedly entertainment, right? But I saw some tweets that were fucking horrifying. Oh, I bet. For people who were like cheering Ryos and Umber on. Yeah. They, which, I know, fully I knew, which I fully knew that those trolls were going to show up too. Yeah. Because they always show up. Well, and, I mean, there's no avoiding it. It's just, no, yeah, that's just how it is. You just, you just shut off. Yeah. You just shut for the night and say, eh, whatever. Well, but, on a lighter note, how have you been enjoying working on another season of Sword Art Online, considering how long it was between two and three? Like, that had oh. to be exciting. <laughs> no, I, I loved it. Actually, it was, uh, we were recording with Bryce last week. Um, we're, we just finished episode 16. We, we there was we were we were in recording in a different studio than I'm used to, um, or a different studio at Bang Zoom than I'm used to, and so Bryce is directly in front of me. He's across the room, but he's directly in front of me. So we had like you know we could see each other like dead on. And I looked at him and I just like, I was like, you know, you're the reason I'm back. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I because I miss you. <laughs> they had a tender I, moment. Well, no, I mean, so, yeah, Bryce Bryce and I are kind of locked into Sword Art and Blue Exorcist. Like, Bryce is a, is a great guy. Like, number one, he's just a, he's a, he's a super sweetheart. When he goes to conventions, he does it for the fans. He doesn't have to go. Like, he can afford not to. Right now, he's got a fan, he's got an extra addition to the family, so there's all that going on. So he, he's, he's not able to go to a lot of conventions anymore. Plus, he's got that unlocked um, app uh, with him and, and uh, Dave Dave Ernest. But Bryce is like he uh, he's he's literally like sunshine. <laughs> like when he shows up, if I'm tired, we'll just say, "Hey, how's it going?" All of a sudden, I got energy. If if I'm kind of in a grumbly mood because. I don't know, something happened and I'm not in a good mood. 
we'll be laughing. He'll make me laugh in like a second, you know? And watching him do Kirito, it, the way he physicalizes the character in the booth and when he makes a choice that isn't exactly what I'm thinking, but it's the right choice. You know, those kinds of moments are really exciting. He's like, he's, he's super smart. And as an actor, I'm always trying to make sure that the best version of Bryce is, is out there. Like we can look at each other after he'll, he'll like roll on a tape or whatever. And afterwards we'll look at each other and he'll like squint his eyes and go, give me one more. So I don't even have to say anything. He already knows that he, he kind of knows what my um, what my taste is and kind of what I'm going for, and he respects that. But he's also got the courage to say, "Hey, give me one more take. I got an idea," you know. And then he'll and then he'll. It, it's it's hard to explain it, but it's like it's a there's like a there's like a, a comfort there, which is you know I which is unusual. But yeah, there's like a comfort there. And so it, when he's performing as Kirito and I hear that voice uh, coming from the, the animation when, he's ro- when we're rolling on a take, it just puts a big stupid grin on my face because I can't, I can't see that character having any other voice or any other kind of personality. Like it's just, it's Bryce. So in fact, whenever I'm talking to other actors who are sharing a scene or whose characters are sharing a scene with Kirito, I'll usually just say Bryce instead of Kirito, <laughs> so, um, which is kind of weird. But um, but yeah, no, that happened last week. That happened last week. It was it was one of those ah moments, which is very rare with me. But <laughs> uh, I had to say it because it just it was it was just it was one of those things where it was like I was so happy that Bryce came back to do the show. He also doesn't have to do that if he doesn't want to which would suck. Yeah. Um, I, I probably wouldn't work on the show then, but because, you know, it's, it, it's, it's working with people like Bryce and Jeremy, Patrick and Kirk, and now Brandon and Kaylee. And, you know, it's like working with people like actually on this show brings me a lot of like joy. I love seeing like Brandon is just like, he's, He's a much different actor than he was when he started Sword Art. And he is just fucking amazing. Like, he's doing stuff that's brilliant. And Kaylee, she's going to be showing you guys her chops pretty soon. Um, I've worked with her on a couple things in the past, and she's always surprised me. It's, you know, these, working with these actors is really, really fun. And they get it. They look at, they look at the script. They look at the lines. When we talk, we always talk about you know, character and experience and context. If they're missing, uh, if they're, if, if I need them to hit like an inflection on a word, just so they're okay with me saying, Hey, I can't articulate this, but I need you to end on this kind of note, or I need a little more emphasis on this word because, and they don't sit there and and, like cock their eyebrows at me. Hmm. They, they just go, Oh, okay, let's try it. I fucking love it. It's like, so there's not a pretentious actor in the bunch. They're all good synergy going on. Yeah, it's good to hear that the new additions have been uh, working out well, too. They sound great. Or at least from what we've heard. I will say that. (laughs) Yeah. 
no, everybody's great. And then did you guys hear who Eldre Synthesis 31? <laughs> so, so Eldre, the, the 31st Integrity Knight, the newest knight. Um, did you guys know who voices him? No. Did you see it? Did you not see it on the credits? I I generally go to like bathroom or get snacks during credits. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I wonder if I should say it. No, no, no. I don't. Um, they may be going under a pseudonym for some reason. Oh, I was not okay. watching last night. Um, so I, I won't say it here. But it was the first time working with that this actor slash director who's been doing a lot of directing lately on some pretty amazing stuff. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, my God. How long have you been doing this, and why have I not worked you with you until this point? You know, and this is a this is like a fellow director, so I'm like, uh, it's I'm I, I I'm I'm lucky to be working on a show that I do like with all of its warts and all. It's not the perfect story, but um, it it works how it works, and I and I appreciate it for that. And I'm really lucky to be working with all of these people on it. Everybody's been everybody's been amazing from beginning of season one all the way through this one. And this is also including GGO. Um, that's part of part two and the movie. It's uh, yeah, I uh, I feel very uh, very 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 lucky. Very lucky. It's certainly nice to see those visuals and music back on Toonami because man, yes. that is one thing Sword Art Online does so well. Oh, yeah. it's just eye candy and ear candy. Well, when this when the season first started, didn't people say, "Oh, the animation sucks"? I was I, like, "Going wait, are you watching I, the same show?" That wouldn't be <laughs> anyone I follow. That's for sure. That uh, that looked great. It was like somebody had retweeted it or favorited it or something. And I, that's the only time. That's the only way I saw it was because somebody reacted to it, and I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Well, like who?" Like, what are you watching this on? Do you need to, like, clean your screen or something? Because this animation is totally different from the other seasons, and it's pretty fucking beautiful. But whatever. I mean, okay, each to his own. They must not be serious. They don't know no better sometimes. Yeah. But, uh... No, I... Y'all, go, go ahead, Darrell. <laughs> no, you're good, man. <clears throat> I was just gonna say, like, it, that's all that I could at least think of when it comes to Sword Art Online 3, and I certain... I'm certain that you're just excited for Toonami fans to see how things play out, considering how you were with, like, the Taboo Index finally being broken by a character in the game. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure well, we're going to be in a lot of good stuff. It's not a game. It's a simulated civilization. It's a sim. It's even worse That's than a game. <laughs> well, I know I got a, I had a lot of dead sims, so don't judge me. No. <laughs> yeah, regarding that, were you a little surprised when... You saw how gory this season is. Oh yeah, yeah. That was um, it, it's in the books. Um, when when um, the Kirito beheaded the uh, Ugachi, the lizard killer, the goblin guy. Uh, in the books, there's you know blood and this and that. Um, later on, the, the violence and blood definitely there's there's definitely blood all over the place. And then of course the scene in in ten when everybody's arms gets cut off. Yeah, that was that was shocking because I'd never seen that before. But then the stakes the stakes in this story are totally different than the others. This is going back to the kind of stakes there were in season one, which I thought again, I 
I think we should have spent a little more time in Eincrad fleshing that out. Um, mm-hmm. However, yeah, and I know that we talked about this on a, on a podcast years ago, just because a lot of the stuff that they left out set up Kirito's PTSD in season two. But, you know, when they're making season one of Sword Art, they didn't think <laughs> that they, they probably thought that this was it. But from what I understand, season one, even though that's um, a simulation without the blood, I think it was just like particles that popped out of people when they died in Eincrad. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. I haven't read the books, but in the anime, it was certainly like that. People would just poof, glitter. So visually, they're, it's, it's low stakes. In this one, it's like real world type of, you know, blood gushing out and stuff. So Kirito is, is he's experiencing that for the first time. So that's in Kirito's character. Again, he's he he respects these as human beings, these uh, souls, these fluctuates or AIs or whatever um, Wrath thinks they are. Um, he doesn't think they're just fodder. These are living, breathing human beings because they have souls. And so to raise the stakes on that visually, all this blood, I mean, it, it, it makes you think that, yeah, these are human beings, just like Kirito. You cut them, they bleed. And they bleed a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to – I again, reading the books um, – it was like, whoa, blood? Wait, what? Seriously? In the anime, it's like, oh, shit. That's like... <laughs> that's not that's just like, a little blood. Right. Oh, no, that's like, wow. A Somebody's been watching Bleach. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate your sketch. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely a bit surprising. The interesting thing, I, I feel, is if this show was made for American television... They probably would have gotten away with more violence, but even okay. less of the of the sexual stuff. Because mm. that's yeah. just the difference in cultures. Because in Japan, yeah. they're they're censoring the violence more than you would need to on American television, mm. and that's why the whole scene is so dark, and you can't yeah. see much. But of course. Uh, on the U.S. end, they they even darkened it more so that they could avoid showing various other things. And didn't Toonami actually request more cuts to the to the episode than what was on Crunchyroll? Like the uh, like yeah the the S and P took a look at the episode and requested some changes that Anaplex made. Ah, uh, okay, got so it. It's a slightly shorter scene, and you see less. Got it. Did they did they actually cut stuff out, or did they darken things more? I wasn't watching the episode. Combination, I, I believe a combination. I mean, I haven't checked, <laughs> spot checked the scene <laughs> so uh, much as trying to go off of memory. But got to do an article like yeah. that. <laughs> Here's a frame by frame comparison. Oh my god! No, no, no I uh, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't want to re-experience it again because the human mind is a terrible thing that remembers what you want to forget yeah <laughs> yeah it does but uh yeah yeah they definitely uh japan for the japanese broadcast they censored the violence so like when the guy's running through the halls with his arm chopped off you have part of the screen darkened so that you don't see 
the severed uh, arm. Interesting. Yeah, that kind of thing. Which okay. is not too surprising. I think this is the same channel that played uh, Tokyo Ghoul in Japan, which was heavily censored. Mm-hmm. It was like ridiculously censored. They like changed the colors and everything. Yeah, and that was super gory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they definitely have a, a bigger problem with gore. But they didn't really uh, censor too much with the, the goblin killing, if as I recall. But yeah, no. they definitely censored a lot of the violence in the uh, disarming scene. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can, I mean, yeah, even at that late at night, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty it's shocking. It's dismemberment. <laughs> yeah, it's still pretty shocking. Um, and then no matter how you it, slice it. And then yeah. to go back to what you were asking about actually um, working on that episode, so here's an interesting thing, or you guys may find this interesting. <clears throat> so when Steve was glitching out, or when Rios was glitching out, we actually had to record him um, repeating those phrases a couple of times. And then uh, 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 one, of the, uh, one of the engineers at Bang Zoon, a guy named James, um, he went in and edited um, all of those things all together so that all of those takes together so that it glitched out even more. And then, of course, our mixer uh, on the show, Mike Brooks, went in and gave it that crazy, like amplified that crazy futzing, which when I saw it, we, we tweaked it even more. We, uh, we made it a lot grindier and stuff. So that was, that was one, that was the only time where we actually, I think we, I think we did four takes uh, of Ryo's glitching out and saying taboo blood, that kind of stuff. And then uh, just so that we would have the editor would have enough material to, uh, actually sort of match what was going on in the Japanese even more. So, yeah. A little bit yeah, of tribute. Really well handled. Yeah. Well, you know, Steve, Steve's been around a while and, um, he, uh, he knew that he knew that this content would be disturbing to a lot of people and stuff, but I mean, um, ultimately, uh, he didn't show that it was disturbing to him. Um, he just, he just went for it, you know, took a running start and jumped off and, and did the best he could do to make Rios the worst bad guy yet. So, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to, to pose the question of all of the bad guys and the bad things that they did, which, which was the worst because I kind of feel like these these guys were the worst for some reason. I don't know. I mean, if you kind of pick it apart, they're almost all equally awful. But at the same time, I just I think the way that whole scene plays out just makes it the worst. And that's that's my take anyway. I yeah, I would have to agree on that level. I mean, there's also, um, you know, there's also Kayaba who, you know, started this whole fucking thing um, just because he had a dream, you know, or he wanted to recreate the feeling of, of the dream that he had as a child. Um, and, you know, for selfish reasons, he endangered the lives of all thousands of people, you know, forced them to participate in something against their will, forced them to participate in his dream against their will. Um, Kayaba's, 
I get where he where he comes from as a, a creator obsessed with a vision. I get that. Um, but he is a, a bad guy. Um, the uh, boss bad guy of this world. Um, that's, I mean, what they're doing is also pretty evil. But taking it face value, I would have to say that uh, that Rios more so than Umber. Rios, because um, Umber is just kind of like going along for the ride. Um, Rios, yeah, Rios is definitely probably the worst villain in this franchise yet that I know of. <clears throat> and I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, and I'm glad he died horribly. Yeah. Dude, just to see him get decapitated the way he did, I was just laughing my ass off. I mean, you know, blood and gore is like no problem for me. And he was like, what you laughing at? I was like, dude, just got decapitated. Mm. Yeah, and to get his arms cut off that way and bleed out like that, that's that's like the perfect amount of suffering. He's alive just long enough to know what's going on. Exactly. And, and the love- irony of his buddy being like, hey, uh, save me, save me. And then afterwards, yeah. he's like, no, save me. Yeah, so so there's a whole thing in the book where um, that I tried to get there. It, it's only it's only handled by one line um, when Rios is begging for Umber to take off his uh, tourniquet and give it to him. Um so Umber cannot do that because if he took the, the tourniquet off, he would be endangering his life. And in the book, they make a they make a big deal of of letting the reader know uh, which laws are the most important to not break. Um, you can't break any of the laws, but um, uh, there are, there are some very special laws. I mean, the book is like the Bible, basically, or the Ten Commandments, but expanded. Um, but one of the laws is that you cannot endanger your own life, even if you're trying to save someone else. That's breaking the law. So Umber cannot take that tourniquet off because if he did, he'd be in violation of the taboo index. And right. so, but but that little moment in the book is has a little bit more dialogue to it. Unfortunately, there just wasn't enough mouth flaps to fit all that information in. So, uh, I mean. Hopefully, people understand that he, he understand that he couldn't do it because, I, although I, I I'm pretty sure that that I, I'm pretty sure nobody would get that unless they actually read the book, which is a shame. But there was no way to really set that up. But yeah, this one of the one of the things is you cannot you cannot you cannot risk your life for another person. Cannot do that. Oh no, Kirito's gonna break that index a lot. <laughs> so, so here's the thing that that that's um, so here's the thing about Kirito. He is not of that world. Kirito right. doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't Kirito, get the eye thing. No, so he yeah he isn't bound by anything. So the thing with locking up, like what happened with Yujio in episode ten, and what happened in, with little Yujio in episode one. The locking up is uh, is uh, um, it's protection for the law. Um, they cannot move, like they just physically cannot move. And then if they strain against this um, sort of auto lock that happens to their bodies, 
if their will is stronger than that and they somehow break free of it, that's when the eye goes. So that whole system alert thing, yeah. So that's all that you'll in 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 the next few episodes it'll start all most of that that stuff should start becoming clearer as we meet more of the knights and Kirito and Yujio. I mean if, if you guys have already seen the the subtitled version, you already know the story, but if anyone's listening to this podcast and they haven't seen those episodes yet, I don't want to spoil anything. But as the guys sort of get to each floor's boss, as it were, because this is structured like a video game still, um, more of the sort of the the treachery of the boss of this world is going to come come to the fore, and a little bit more of the laws of the land and how they own the pe- how the law affects the people underneath it. Sketch your comment about the weapons and why Alice confiscated them. That's gonna, you'll, there's gonna be a moment in episode 14 where um, it'll, it's right at the beginning of the episode and you'll find out why. And, uh, and, and I, and I think it'll be more clear than when you're watching the subtitled version. Yeah. So, uh, uh, those, that short stretch of episodes that's kind of in the middle of the season is one info dump after another. Yeah. Again, it's just, and the, you know, the book is the same way. You're kind of like going from, uh, or the light novels, I should say. Um, they're the same way. They sort of dole out a little bit of information, just enough to have you move along to the next chapter. Um, it's very cleverly done. Um, but uh, they drop these little crumbs and then they blast you with like, oh, this is what it's. Oh, God, it underst- I understand why it's difficult for this to happen or, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, they're 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 staying pretty true to the light novels, at least at, at least everything. Um, the second half of episode one um, or not the second half, but the little moment that beat with the gang in Gungale fighting that group of mysterious, um, that mysterious sort of guild or, 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 um, whatchamacallit, uh, team that's, uh, using smoke for cover and trying to ambush players and stuff like that. Let's just say there's a reason why those characters had names. Yeah. So, yeah, but that stuff, that stuff is not in the book or in the books. So that was kind of a surprise. I was like, Whoa, wait, what's this? I found out later that it's something that's going to be coming up towards the end of um, end of this arc. So yeah, it's all set up. Ah, it's all I, set. Did you did you notice that Johnny Black is actually mentioned in the list of characters yep. as they're logging out of uh, Einkrad the first yep. time? Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that until retroactively, and I was watching the recap movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's a Johnny Black." Yep, and I remembered that name because I'm, I started laughing when I saw the name Johnny Black, and I was like, "Oh, that's such an edge lord name." I gotta remember <laughs> that. And sure enough, how all these years later, I'm like, "Oh, motherfuckers!" <laughs> Sword Art does that up. really well. Like the yeah. lore, that's what I really like about it. like the lore and like the mystery and intrigue. Like the part about this arc that I find the most interesting is what Asuna is doing in the real world and yeah. what she's starting to yeah. find out with stuff. Because I had a lot of suspicion towards the uh, I forget what the character's name is, but that uh, pretty much Global. detective that Kirito works with. 
Kikuoka. Oh, uh, Kikuoka. Yeah, I had such a very, like, something ain't right about this guy. Why is he asking a pretty much a high school kid to help him with crime? Never trust Matt Mercer. Pretty yeah. much, but it's just like, <laughs> this is kind of an arc that I've heard, like, inklings of, that things about him are going to come to light that I find fascinating, and I cannot wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, Kikuoka, Kikuoka's got his own vision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody always got to have a vision. Yeah. Damn straight. It's what, it's what makes stories compelling. Yeah. I got a vision too, dang it. <laughs> like, in this most recently aired episode, I totally don't remember in the sub when they mentioned that there was another robot that was human-like. Yeah, so and... there's um, there's two robots. There's Ichiemon, um, and then there's Niemon. Um and the acronym doesn't line up, unfortunately. <laughs> like, I, did, I didn't understand <laughs> the acronym on the thing. And I asked Hiroi about that. And she's like, that's what it is. And sure enough, it's that way in the book, too. So it's like, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, sure. so there's another robot that we haven't seen. So it's, it's – now, again, I haven't read past the end of this first arc or this first – part of the arc um that's ending at episode what 24 or something yeah um yeah so um i haven't read beyond that but yeah so niemon i know is a setup for something that's going to be happening in the next half of this season um yeah this is a robot that we haven't seen um and it's a robot that's more human-like so so and i thought that would be more clear enough because each niemon I mean, he looks like a robot. He doesn't look human. And so human-like, I thought, would is kind of, I mean, you would, you would, and even Higa goes beyond that and explains that it has, a, it's the silhouette or something. It, it, it looks more like a human. So if it was, if it was standing silhouetted against a window, you would think, oh, hey, excuse me, sir, uh, well, how do I get to uh, Anime Expo or whatever? And then it turns around and you're like, fuck, you're a robot. Get me out of here. Um <laughs> But yeah, we haven't seen that robot yet. It's around there somewhere. I know, and I know it's, I know something's going to happen with that robot, and it's not going to be good. I'm positive something's something's got to happen with that robot that's not good, <laughs> or else I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> otherwise, why even bring it up? Well, <laughs> these, yeah. these these stories always plant these little things yeah. to to use later. Yeah, but definitely. but there was also that moment when. Asuna and uh, the other gal were going to oh yeah Ringo. breakfast and and yeah. she like notices something yeah, the, about the one ponytail. Of the yeah, yeah, she gets a she gets a weird vibe from the guy in the ponytail. In the book, she notices his smirk as she passes. Um, if, I, I think I'm remembering that correctly. So if if anyone's listening to this who's read oh, the book, remember that I know moment. who that is now. Yeah. So, so yeah. So this guy, this guy is, uh, he's definitely shady. Um, I know what's going to happen. I know who he is. Um, either way already spoiled it for me, unfortunately. Um, I know who he is. I don't know how they handle the reveal in the books yet or in the anime, of course, because they haven't uh, finished that part yet. I hope that the reveal (laughs) is as mind-blowing as it is when Hiroe told me who that guy was. <laughs> because oh, I was maybe like... maybe I don't know who it is. 
I was, I was like, holy shit. Wow, they set that up, huh? Wow, you have me okay. hyped now. I am hyped for this. Yep, pretty much. It's, uh, I, I know that the Sword Art super fans who've already gone through the books and the manga and all that stuff, they already know who this guy is. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, wow, all right. This is, this is really cool. Um, or cool, or, well, I mean, your mileage may vary, but I think yeah. it's actually really cool. Um, but yeah, no, so that guy definitely, definitely is bad news. Mm. Yep. All right, all right. Are we talking Pita Hui bad news? Oh, no. <laughs> no not She's as a cheerful. special kind of bad news. <laughs> but good segue. <laughs> good segue, yeah. I do this for a living. I should show. be able to do this, honestly. <laughs> so, did all you guys watch Gungale? I yeah. did. I loved it. Dude. Len is yeah, my waifu. I want not the video game Len, but the real Len. Oh, the tall one. Oh. Yes. Karen. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was like, The whole time I'm like, Karen, why don't you like yourself? Yeah, it's just... <laughs> I, I would I, like her. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was like, well, I mean, CJ, we've met in real life. <laughs> yes, you are a tall man. I am not, yes. and I don't care. So, I still love her. So I'm like, yeah, no, but I was like, when Karen showed up and she was like saying how tall she was, and I'm like, perfect woman for me. <laughs> Bring her on. Yep. I I will. I she will be a goddess, and she will get over her her horrible, crippling, you know, self doubt and and self-loathing for her height because I'm just a few inches taller and she'll feel better. Exactly. <laughs> we can hold hands and it wouldn't be weird. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not get too lewd on this podcast. Know, That's a little just, too lewd. Well, I mean, hey, well, CJ, <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> at least he didn't say head padding, man. Oh, oh, my bad. Sorry, kids. They're really trying to do better about these things. Exactly. Okay. I could pat her head Without getting on a step left. There you go. <laughs> there you go. How much did you uh, enjoy working on that one? Just the side story, yeah. since it was with different characters. It was a different character. It was different characters is a totally different vibe, and it was super fun. Um, I got to work with Reba for the first time, um, and she was a blast. Her her first session of her first day, she was very guarded. Um, <laughs> like it was, it was, it was kind of like. She was she was kind of prickly almost, um, like a pear. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it was just it, you know she did, she didn't know who I was. Um, I I don't know if she's tight with any of the actors that I've worked with, so I don't think she ever she got on the phone. Like I think some actors who um, I don't I I did, haven't worked with it, the when they work with me for the first time. They'll probably reach out to one of their friends who's worked with me and just ask, hey, are the rumors true? Does he do like 70 takes, you know, on screens and shit like that? I don't think Reba did that. So she didn't know she didn't know quite what to expect. So there was a little bit of like I could detect there was a little bit of like almost I don't know. I don't know what the word is. It was it was definitely it was like this unfamiliar, like who are you type of vibe. Um, but by the end of the first session, I think she understood. <clears throat> that um, I, I wasn't going to, you know, I, that I knew what her character was about. I was totally willing to talk about 
talk through things. And I think she understood also after that first session that when someone's doing an effort, they're not just, they're not just going, Ugh. there's like an emotion behind it. Um, and, and I don't think she was used to having those kinds of conversations with directors. It was just master Japanese moving on with me. It was like, Hey, we got to do that again. Reva. Why? It was fine. I'm like, no, actually I didn't. I have to understand that you're a little scared. So your voice has to wobble a little bit and maybe it doesn't have to be so loud. Maybe there's a little bit of a whine to it. Um, let's try it again. Oh, okay. So, you know, there was, it was like a learning experience for both of us because every actor is, every actor is different um, because, you know, they're all different people. Um, I can get away speaking to Bryce or giving Bryce directions. I can get away with stuff with him that some actors will find offensive. I don't say anything bad to Bryce. I don't, I don't ever say that sucked. Let's do another. I fucking don't say that to anyone. Um, usually the actors say that to me. <laughs> That sucked. I'm going to do it again. Um, again, it's like, you know, everyone's trying as hard as they can to do the best job and, and dubbing anime and live action stuff, d dubbing anything to sync is like insanely hard. Um, but yeah, after that first day, I think we, we figured out who we were. And, and, and then after that, it was just like, we were having fun. I mean, she was laughing all the time and, you know, having a good time. And she, she always seemed happy to be there, um, which is always a good sign for me because that makes me work a little bit harder on my end to make sure they stay happy. Um, there were, you know, whenever, whenever she had like moments when she was like charging with her gun and going, yeah, you know, or whatever, I made sure to let her know that I didn't want to do it more than we needed to. We'll preview this line again and again and again. Um, I would tell her, okay, so you see this moment right here. Um, when you're doing your yell, I need a little bit of a hopping vibe to it. And I'm just using that as an example. But I would point out things during the yell where I needed little extra blobs of color. And then, of course, I would give her like a little out code so that, you know, she she could pay attention to how long she had to scream and or yell or charge or whatever, um, and uh, and yeah, you know, it was it was great, and I'm and I'm and I look forward to working with her again at some point in the future, um, hopefully soon, because yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. I have to ask then, this because Sketch and I had the chance to meet and talk with her. What was it like working with Allegra Clark as Pita Hui? Because that had to be so such worked, a blast character. Yeah, so Allegra and I, I, the first time I worked with Allegra was in a video game called Labyrinth of Refrain. And that's when I got like my adult dose of Allegra Clark. And I loved her. I loved her right away. Um, she's like, she's like no prisoners. Um, and she's, she's, she's like Bryce in that she just charges right in. Um, and she's, um, because of her training as an actor, and as a singer as well, um, she uh, is very smart. Um, she makes very um, clear choices in her performance uh, or in her performances. Um, she makes a decision 
she sticks with it. And if she has any questions, she asks. And so speaking to Allegra was like, um, well, it was like directing um, live action again. Um, I was using a lot of, uh, a, a lot of uh, terminology and stuff from live action. I mean, she's done live action too. She's not just a voice actor. Let's put it that way. She does a lot of different things. And, and her um, experiences as, as an actor in a whole bunch of different fields of acting um, is like one of her biggest assets. Not only is she charming and funny and crazy and, um, and really smart, um, like smarter than me, smart. Um, well, I mean, that's not saying much because pretty much everybody's smart. Oh, come me, on, come on I'm now. Saying, well, no, I mean, I work with a lot of really smart people. Like some of these actors are just like, they're brilliant people. Um, Allegra's one of them. And, um, and so uh, when she came in, she knew, she watched the show. She knew everything that was going on. And we had lots of discussions about Pito Hui uh, in between takes and during takes. What's going on here? What about this? Um, the, uh, uh, the scene where she's driving her uh, uh, beam saber. <laughs> I don't want don't to blow any copyrights here. Right, right. Uh, no, I know what you're talking about, though. <laughs> Yeah, she's driving the beam saber through David's eye, you know? I mean, that was a very specific moment that, you know, had to be a certain way. Um, we had we had some discussions about that and how to play it. Um, she's very open to hearing my interpretation of things. And I don't mean as as a line reading. Um, she'll, she'll, she'll ask what my opinion is about something, and I'll give it to her. I'll say, she'll say, well, now in this scene this, 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 and this is going on and blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, yeah, but this, this, this is being set up for this, this, and this coming up later. She's like, oh yeah, right. And I'm like, yeah. And that's why I wrote this line like that. So that's why this word needs to be inflected. You know, those kinds of things. Right. It's, I, you know, I do that with a lot of actors, but I don't go so deep with some actors because uh, a lot of times I find that if I go too deep with some people, um, into context and history and you know background and this and that um it's it doesn't end up translating into a better performance for some reason um and it's usually because of experience um it seems like the 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 actors who have more experience acting um they 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 can take that experience and and I guess filter uh, whatever we're talking about through those experiences and then figure out how to sort of manifest them vocally or sonically. Um, so with her, it was like that. Um, and, I, and I'd have to say that, that Reba was the same way. Um, Reba was the same way and that we talk about this, that, and the other um, as we went along, that was one of the things I found out about Reba too. I mean, she's been acting for years. Um, and she's again, super smart. Um, you know, thank God I do my homework hmm. because she had very specific questions about things and I'm glad I was prepared enough to be able to answer and help her through that. Um, but yeah, um, Allegra, Awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's the vibe we got too. 
Yeah, she no, she's dynamite lady. She is literally like super awesome. And there is something that we did last year together that is got to come out at some point this year. I don't know when. <laughs> I'll let you guys know when oh, it boy. comes out. It'll but, it'll be two weeks before it debuts on Toonami. <laughs> just DM us, man. I Seriously. don't know if it'll get on Toonami. Um, I don't think that it's that kind of a deal. I don't think Toonami is going to have access to it. Aww. But um, it the cast is fucking amazing. Like, literally, I've got, like, the best of the best. It's a very small cast. Um, but I think you guys in particular are going to enjoy the fuck out of it. And I know you're going to enjoy it her performance um it's uh it's it's i i hope it comes out i hope it comes out um but yeah no uh and then working with ray who i barely get to see um because he's always so damn busy um he was great as usual (laughs) um again another actor it was like i had a, a group of actors who i could um we could have we, we had fun having weird little discussions about, you know, uh, 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 reasons like, why am I doing this? What's going on here? Why am I saying it this way? What this, that and the other? That was great. It was great. So great in essence, experience. you got to hang out with people you don't get to hang out, but it was called working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the writing stuff, don't get me don't get me wrong. The writing stuff was still really hard, as it always is. But um, the recordings, the recording process, as usual, was really fun. And it was it, it made me really happy to be there um, and, and, you know, try and try and assemble something in English uh, that hopefully other people would like. <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, it was uh, it was a great it was a great experience. Is Sword Art typically the toughest project to write and whether it be like the main story or even the side story was the side story harder was the main story harder like is it is out of your the oh. things that you've had to work on is sword art usually the toughest no it's 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 not it's not necessarily the story um it's um it's it's just the process uh, um so it's the mouth flaps uh and trying to um trying to be consistent with characters and how they speak and how they speak to each other and, you know, depending on where they are and who they're speaking to and what they're, you know, what they're trying to hide or what they're not trying to hide. In English, uh, you know, if there weren't any mouth flaps, I'd know exactly how to how to handle these lines and they would go really fast. Um, but of course, because there are mouth flaps, um, I, I am sort of bound by those. And so I end up having to flip lines sometimes, or um, there is something that I actually, there's a piece of information I actually had to add. So I had to change a a line uh, in one of the upcoming episodes um, so that people understood why a particular character was so like, uh, so fixated on some other character. Um, So there's, it's it's just the process in general. Like Konosuba, I mean, I had a month to write ten episodes. You would think I could do it. I it was I was I barely or no, not ten eleven because of the OVA. Um, I barely made it. Um, I think I was still writing the OVA 
while we were recording. Um, it's it, the it's just the process sucks. It fucking sucks. Those damn mouth flaps. We got to get rid yeah. of them. Every character has to not have their mouth shown. All ninja sketch. I mean, if we could, <laughs> if we could, no, if we could, if we could put re- black bars <laughs> over all the mouths. <laughs> well, if we could redo the mouths, if we could just you know uh, change the mouth flaps like sometimes the bridge dubs do, you know that would be great. It'd be way easier to to do what we need to do. But of course, we cannot do that. Uh, <laughs> Number number one, it's just too expensive, and number two, the creators would flip. <laughs> yeah, because oh, we'd be extending nice. scenes or shortening scenes. I mean, some things that take you know a minute to say in Japanese takes two words in English, and vice versa. So it's mm-hmm. you know it's yeah it's it is this is the this is the bane of my existence, and yet it's one of the things that if I don't do it, and if I don't do it a certain way. Um, it's going to fuck everything up. The last thing I want to do is to be rewriting while I'm recording. Like I yeah. do not want to do that because you're just going to get lost and you're going to, it's going to end up with either you're going to be doing a lot of pickups in the end, or if people don't care, you won't be doing any pickups and everything's going to sound weird. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to take that chance. I want to make sure that again, I want to make sure that the actors feel safe and comfortable to go for it and that they feel safe that the stuff that they're saying is going to make sense in context, that they're not wasting their time or their energy, that they're not just doing it for a paycheck, that someone, someone in that room cares, even if they don't care as much as I do about something, they know that I care a lot and that makes a difference. I believe that. I mean, I hope, I hope, that the actors all feel that way because it's true. And I I hope that, that somehow it maybe gives them a little bit of comfort to sort of just loosen up and try stuff because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on their side. I want them to be the best that they can be because how else is this character going to feel alive? You know? Yeah. So I I just, I, I just really enjoyed GGO. It was fun. It was actually a lot more like, carefree fun than you would think with all the violence that was in it it was it, it just seemed so fun it really did yeah. it came off it was it, and, and it, it the the whole thing with pito and everything and her ultimate motivation to do this stuff i mean that's psychotic yes it's it's like I, i'm like is anybody gonna like buy this show after she after it's revealed what her ultimate motive are is it's it just doesn't sound right Oh my God, she's in a sadomasochistic relationship. Like this is okay. I was gonna say I was more like worried about M than I was Pita Hui, to be quite honest. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, poor M. But yeah, Boy, I mean, ultimately, M sure had a sketch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he seemed to like it though. <laughs> yeah, he liked getting his balls broken. I mean, that's just who he is, and you have to accept it. But but yeah, I mean, how can you not like kind of fall in love with these characters? You have this little girl and you know, in this pink outfit with these like ridiculous bunny ears. Like they don't serve any sort of tactical purpose. No. <laughs> She's in this desert pink camo, which I didn't even know existed. Desert pink. Apparently it's a real thing. Um, yeah. It's it, all the guns were based on real guns. I yep. did a lot of research. Uh, yep. Which oh, I yeah, man. The FBI. Is, everything. Yep. 
Yeah. That's the thing. The game, the game I play, Girls Frontline, they turn guns into cute anime girls, and so every okay. single one that was uh, a gun that I knew, I was like, oh my god, I know this one. I know this one. I know this one. It was great. Yeah, me and CJ have had serious conversations. I'm just like, just CJ has just showed. I was like, oh, okay, I know what this is, and I'm just getting all the background and specs on it. Oh man, did you ever fire a P90, Daryl? Oh yes, I have. Oh. Man. Yeah, it, it was it was fun to shoot, but I'm gonna tell you, like, dude, the mod deuces, the 1919 is just so fun, man. Uh, I was watching some videos online of all the different guns that the characters were using, um, and there was some redneck who was using the P90, and and he was just obliterating pumpkins and cans in his back, like <laughs> forest or whatever, and he was having the best time. Again, a fucking redneck, but still, um, he was like. Like, you know, like that kind of a redneck. And, um, and just think still, of poor Len, like, shooting that thing. Her body should have been flying with the recoil. Yeah, I mean, like, seriously. Not. No, apparently not. Apparently a P90 is actually pretty... It's designed to sort of absorb a lot of that recoil. And Yay. what I thought was even more credible... Yeah, because, again, the redneck didn't seem to be vibrating too hard when he was shooting it. Oh. Yeah, he showed the right... like a built guy. He was kind of like a, like a scarecrow-looking redneck. Oh, oh, I was thinking oh, big boy. Oh, he was vibrating, but not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing that I thought was incredible was, um, so I, I, I was watching it, and and I saw that how you loaded it and stuff, and it was just like the show, and I was like, oh, that is interesting. So I went and I did some, you know, I started going down this rabbit hole of, of why the magazine is special and why the gun is special, because if you're left-handed or right-handed, you could use it with both hands. There's no, like, all the switches are... Are there for you? No, it's kind of it like was, a, you know, it's a universal um design with it, and um, you know, just because of that, with the universal design, like if you're left hand or right handed, you know, you can just pretty much you know use it. But it's kind of like a um, it was kind of like one of those little futuristic guns that they were supposed to have. But this um PK, um, not the PK FNP ninety is um, it was built in Belgium, so you know the Belgians have some pretty nice little weapons that they make. Mm, well, this was. I mean, the P90, I thought, was, like, incredible. I thought that was an incredible guy. Alex is um, going to get his own Pichon now. His own pink oh, Pichon. Sh- oh, no. I, you know, oh. I, the thing is, I use it, but I don't like the design of it, you know. <laughs> it didn't work for you? No, it doesn't work for me now. Oh. There was a, um, it was a, let's see, AK-47 that was um converted to a bullpup conversion. Oh, man. I think it was... Dang it, I can't remember it right now. It's on the a tip of my tongue. A bullpup conversion, is that... Was that... It, does, was it elongated or shortened? It was shortened um, with the... Um, I got a picture of it, man. But, like, it's, it's just, like... Whenever you, whenever I see it, I'm like, man, I just, like, I gots to get that one. Or I got to get <laughs> seven and just get that... Um, get that conversion kit for it. Ah... Uh... Well, mm-hmm. I did, I did, I did like, a, I did like the lightness of the show. Um, I loved the um, team Shink. Um, <laughs> I loved also David's team, Memento Mori, or whatever they were called. Um, I liked David as a character. I never worked. I, I, well, coincidentally, Greg's in that show with Allegra that hopefully will come out this year. Um, so, I mean, Greg is. I don't have. I, I mean, I, I. It's. It seemed like I. Like every actor in Gun Gale were like these people I hadn't worked a lot with. I think Allegra 
and Ray I had worked the most with and Faye too. But there were, I was introduced uh, to, to people like Reba and Greg um, and then some of the uh, guys on Team Shank. Um, it, there was, I, there was a lot of, there was a lot of really cool people, just, just cool people, not just good actors, but cool people in Gungale. And I was really proud to like, you know, to experience them for the first time, um, and work with them because man, there was, there was some amazing stuff. I mean, and DC, fucking DC. I never get to work with that guy. <laughs> like it's it's like and he got the, he played the one of the commanders of the candor of the whatever the that uh, that sort of tactical team like the that, the, uh, the actual army uh, military members right yeah that Glenn and M were going after yeah, uh, yeah, after yeah. the machine gunners dude uh, uh, after the machine gunners died and stuff in the suburbs yeah it's like I mean and DC I rarely I mean I, sometimes I cross paths with him at, at the studio and stuff hey how's it going. I don't even think he remembers my name, but <laughs> you can bet that when he came in to do that part, man, he was giving it his all. And it's, you know, it's like, oh, this is so cool, you know? <laughs> if only so, it could have been on Toonami. I, I weep. I well, weep. Well, I mean, it's I, it's an Aniplex show. So, I mean, as soon as their Hulu and Netflix contracts, you know, expire or maybe they signed a contract with, that's sort of open-ended or something. And if Jason and his team really want it, but I don't think they wanted it for some reason. And I don't, and I, and I still don't know why. I mean, I guess you guys already asked that, that it wasn't the violence that turned them off, but they didn't really answer the question. Did they? No, I actually no. have a feeling they might've been outbid too, which, you know, happens. Yeah. I don't think they were outbid. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that was the. I don't think that was the case because I, because I know that um, I was asked. It could have been a timing thing. Yeah, that too. That's I a mean, mystery. That's something I definitely want to know too. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened uh, because I was asking. Um, I was asking Hideaway about it. Everyone was asking Hideaway, you know, because we thought, well, of course it's got to be on tsunami, but. I mean, I was always the naysayer. Allegra and Reba were really excited about it. And so was Faye. Yeah, is it going to be on Toonami? And I was like, I don't know. There's a lot of like, I mean, like, Len is just laughing and she's just, she's like shooting dudes in the dick, you know? And it's like, <laughs> I, I'm, it's, it's, it's a bit sadistic. Me, yeah, it's, it's, it's sadistic with a lot of like cutesiness and joy and stuff. And I don't know if that if that's going to fit. I I think maybe standards and practices might have a problem with that. But in the end, um, I mean, I I don't know what happened, and I I don't think Anaplex knows what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the bright I mean, side, things from Anaplex are still showing up, even though that narrative played for a very long time. So, but what uh, that uh, Toonami and Anaplex weren't friends anymore. Oh God! Oh. I had to deal with that so freaking that. much. Even oh, though Jason like DeMarco has a personal relationship with Henry Goto, exactly. Yes, but it's just I hated that. And since uh, Gungale wasn't picked up when it when the dub was like announced, everyone's like, "See, see, see, see," and it's just like, "Oh, no. all we're ever gonna no. get is mainline Sao." No, it's I. It hasn't. I. Boom. No, I, I was never landed. Yeah, I. 
I I don't think I mean it's, I, it's I just certainly I'm not in a position to know what their ultimate relationship is, but I think Toonami, from what I understand, I've never spoken to DeMarco or anybody on Toonami's side. I don't even think they know who I am. But it seems like they just pick the stuff that they like and they think that people will like. And if and if those things align, if they like something a lot, and if a lot of fans are requesting it too, um, and it hasn't been aired yet, then we'll go after it. That's what it seems like to me. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, look, that's more of like doomsday, like Sayers, that have predicted for the past three years that Toonami would already be gone. Unless they were doing it, of course. Cannot forget that caveat. <laughs> Talking about those Twitter executives? Oh, my favorite. My favorite crowd. It's, it's ridiculous. Know. People just don't seem to understand that business is complicated and, you know... The importance of various shows are weighed against each other, and they, yeah. they, they, there's a lot of factors. Yeah. So I've always been of the opinion that whoever has the show they want the most, they're going to work with them. Yeah. More absolutely. often than not, unless they can't. Absolutely. absolutely. If there's a show that they like, they're going to go after it. And, uh, and if they can get it, cool. Um, and if they're not interested, then they won't call back. You know, it's like simple. Well, you do know it's... the the one show that Sketch desperately wants on Toonami that you directed. He he will literally like we would have to call the doctor because it would last longer than four hours, and that's Konosuba. Rosa Maiden. Well, that's Rosa, <laughs> Rosa Maiden. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That's 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 the one. Uh-huh. That's the one. Well, or, I mean... or Lucky Star. I mean, oh, Lucky Star would fail so horribly. <laughs> Nobody would get any of the jokes. They would have. And it's to... so old now, and all the jokes are so old. Yeah, it's like it's like maybe the only the only episode that people would sort of sort of laugh at is like one of the later episodes when all the when every time Konata says Gundam, it's bleeped out. Yeah, <laughs> that's there is it. A because I'm not heavy episode. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a Street Fighter one, but all the shit with the anime store manager. People look at it and be like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> you know, like, I, like I was doing that back then, and of course, I mean, I I wasn't, I hadn't been uh, in the anime world for a long time at that point. Um, but I had to go. I had to ask, I, "Who is this guy, and why is he yelling?" Oh well, it's the voice actor, and it's actually the way he's animated. It's kind of a it's kind of a nod to this anime, and that's actually a real store in Japan called Animate, and they dress, you know. And it's like, oh my god, really? <laughs> I remember when she's in the bath and she's going, "Hey, hey, uh, Kagami, Timote, Timote," like that, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and the translator on that show. We had a, we actually had a had a proper translation on those scripts. Thank God, the translator on that show lived in Japan, um, spoke perfect. She was perfectly bilingual, um, and she would uh, she would. I think her name is Rinko or Rinka. I don't know her last name, but a man, she was a lifesaver. She would if something if if there was a reference, she would provide me with a hyperlink to it in the script. So, or she would explain a little bit about the reference to me because I had no fucking idea what these characters were talking about most of the time. Hmm. So I would look at the reference and I would go to this page and it would tell me all about this. And I, or, or there was the, the Timote commercial, you know, I'd get a link for the Timote commercial on YouTube and I'd be like, 
oh, she's singing the, the jingle from the Timothée commercial or the Mandem, you know, the fucking <laughs> Mandem commercials with Charles Bronson. Oh, you know, and it's like, it just opened up this whole new world. And I learned so much about um, Japanese pop culture from that show. And it was great when Bondi had released the DVDs for that thing. All the DVDs had a, a, like a, like a, a couple pages I had a little leaflet in it with um, all the references like laid out in the episode episode here. This is what Konitz is talking about. Episode, you know, two Kagami references this, you know, it's, I mean, Miyuki says this uh, it's, it was so great. And I still have those DVDs. Actually, I don't want to get rid of them. Um, although I hear that the Funimation Blu-rays are kind of borked, but, uh, they they don't and I don't think the Funimation Blu-rays have the reference like a like a leaflet of references with them either, so I don't want to get rid of my poor DVDs because of all those little leaflets in them, and I don't want to just take them out and then you know get, you know take the DVDs to Amoeba and sell it so some poor you know otaku picks them up thinking that they're going to get the full thing and they don't have the leaflets in because that would suck, and I don't want to photocopy the leaflets because if I copied them in my scanner and stuff it wouldn't be the the same as having the actual leaflets because i'm a fucking ocd collector motherfucker just keep the dvds i'm keeping the dvds god damn it <laughs> yeah, i'm keeping my dvds for g gundam too like i'm gonna get, get those away yeah you can't the collector's items exactly like screw you i'm gonna get the yeah. blu-rays at some point but hey i get on my dvds exactly so unless tsunami figures out a way to air Lucky Star's dub with some kind of a hyperlink on it. So if you're watching on a computer, you can actually click the link and it'll take you to what the hell these girls are talking about. <laughs> Interactive television, it. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work. So a much easier sell would be Konosuba. Konosuba, yes. maybe. Yeah, I mean, as Sketch reminded me last night over our little sort of DM chat. Thanks for the break again, by the way, Sketch. I really needed that. Hey. Um, the uh, um, you know he reminded me that oh yeah there's there's been comedy on, on tsunami before like I'd totally forgotten about it I and mean, they but just they, played pop team epic pop team epic yeah <laughs> like, like oh Jesus Christ that was just like literally last week practically so I'm like and then space dandy of course and uh, yeah it's just yeah I guess it would be it would be cool if it was on tsunami I know that I know that all the actors would fucking go nuts if it was on Toonami. I'm sure we'd see a lot more selfies from Christina V. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll watch uh, some Toonami uh, selfie. With, with her in character? <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm sure she's got a suit of hanging around the house somewhere. Mm. Uh, and, but I know that the actors would totally dig it. Um, and I think the fans would dig it, at least according to Sketch. Um, Sketch is all that matters. He knows all. Well, no, I mean, he, but he put it into simple terms. He's like, listen, these shows were already on, and, and you know, people really liked them. So, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess if if something that at least it looks to me at face value is this just is my logic with Konosuba. This is Tsunami has a lot of action action shows, and they have had a dabbling of like fantasy genre shows. What Konosuba offers is a silly take on the fantasy genre that has some action, 
but more so it's it's just fun it's just it's just a good time it's episodic for the most part and people can just tune in chill out have yeah. a laugh well i yeah. love when they face the headless guy too really that was the feel, best it wouldn't feel out of place next to your dragon balls and like like pretty much any of those shonen shows yeah, it was like a goofy take on one of those shows. Well, it would be great if they ran it alongside this batch of sword art, because um, that's uh, a tension breaker. Yeah, because Let's go. Darkness and Alice kind of share uh, some similarities. I mean, Alice isn't a masochist or anything like that, but her um, her nobility and her drive as as this integrity knight. I mean, her values and her ethos or her ethics or whatever, um, they're, uh, they're consistent with darknesses. Like darkness is a knight and she is supposed to protect people at all costs. She just happens to not, you know, she can't really hit anything with her sword and she gets off on being hit. So that's the only difference. Masochist. Yeah, Totally. It's like, man, that's a lot of I, I might, I might die laughing if you snuck into the script at some point. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, <laughs> if only. I'm the just, is... I'm just waiting for cabbages to be collected. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were um, was, uh, working on Konosuba. It, it, it was hard. It was difficult to work on. Because a lot, because the translations that I got, I believe were the subtitled scripts. That's what I was working off of. And so um, the situations while I was watching them were very funny, but what the characters were saying weren't really funny at all. And so I, the only other time I'd worked with Crunchyroll on anything was actually the first time they dubbed something. It was, uh, we did this, or when I did the second dub of five centimeters per second. Um, this was after ADV uh, uh, went out of business, and I guess uh, the dub licensing uh, they just they they wouldn't there was nothing to license anymore. So they uh, Bondi and Crunchyroll, and they did this partnership to release five centimeters per second. Um, I guess they they just couldn't access the old dub that ADV did, which was fucking amazing. One I think Stephen Foster wrote and directed it, and shit, I have that DVD still. The uh, uh, when we were redoing it, that was the first time Crunchyroll did a dub. Believe it or not. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. that sounds yeah. interesting. So, okay, okay. So this was yeah, because Crunchyroll and Bandai worked together to commission it, and then Bandai I think released it. So this was the only other time I'd ever worked on a Crunchyroll property since then, and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what kind of notes I was going to get back from the client on things. And they seemed really appreciative of how I kind of loosened up Kazuma's dialogue, how I was kind of like, I guess, handling the characters verbally in certain situations. They, they made very little comments, or very few comments, I should say. And so I was always kind of like, half of, part of me was kind of like, am I, am I really getting this right? And the other half of me was like, God damn it, I nailed it. You know, I can't wait to get this in the studio. This is going to be fucking hilarious. <laughs> So that was, I mean, it was interesting. Um, we'll see if, I mean, we'll see if season two happens. Uh, the dub, anyway. I mean, I hope it does. I, I, I can't work on it now, obviously. But 
Um, Kazuma, Kazuma. It, yeah, but if it just oh yeah, so that the Kazuma, Kazuma, I wrestled with that. Really? So, yeah. So um, if you, I don't know if you noticed, but in the in the English dub, you don't hear that a lot. No, you don't. Right. So Kazuma, Kazuma. Sometimes in the Japanese, they would say it's so fast. I couldn't. We couldn't say it in English as fast. Like I could tell we wouldn't be able to to say it as fast. And so I would just change it to something else. Like, hey, look, or, or, or hey, Kazuma, or something. Or the, uh, when Kazuma responds, <laughs> he says, you know, you know Kazuma does, or whatever. And so I had to change those here and there. Um, I think the Kazuma Kazuma, I could only do it, like, once. And I think if I'm remembering correctly, it was Darkness or Megumin. I thought it was Darkness. So, the, okay, so it was just Darkness who did it. And then, yeah, Cosmo said, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, what do you want or yeah, whatever? I love that. Just I thought because, it was great. Yeah, it was But I knew, I fucking knew that diehard fans of Konosuba were just going to go sour on it. But it was one of those things where it was like, guys, it sounds fucking stupid in English. <laughs> I'm sitting here on my computer. I'm looking at the script. I get it. It's funny in Japanese, I guess. But honestly, I, it doesn't mean anything in English. And so let's, so I just said, but this is one of those things where it's kind of like as an adapter, you know, you make certain calls and you hope that you're making it for the right reason. And usually I tend to sort of, I tend to sort of lean back on the intention. Like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not about the specific words that you're seeing in the subtitles, because again, the subtitles are an adaptation. It's about what's the intention here? Someone's trying to get Cosmo's attention in a weird, quirky way. Cosmo's Cosmo's being dry and and just kind of just saying, yeah, whatever. What do you want? That's my <laughs> name. Don't wear it out or whatever. And hopefully, hopefully, however I tweak it, will elicit the same kind of reaction. Hopefully, right. So glad at least it did for you guys. I just um, I just remembered I did enjoy that hearing it in Japanese, but like I I didn't feel like I was cheated or anyway. It's just something that I remembered because I, rem- I actually just recently saw all the dubbed episodes in one sitting. I finally found some oh, time to wow. just do it like recently, and I'm like, this is just fantastic. I love oh this show God. so much. I mean, it's a huge show. I sometimes watch an episode just to cheer me up. It does, yeah, especially like, with it, the explosions. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes like I'll watch like where is it? <laughs> like going through them right now. Um, there uh, yeah, I specifically asked for the mix check videos because I didn't know if, if, or when they would ever be released on Blu-ray. And I was like, fuck man, I need copies of these things because <laughs> some of these, some of these moments in here just like make me laugh so hard. My favorite episode, my favorite episode is the succubus <laughs> yes. my gosh that was incredible that was great it was oh my god when when, when julianne was in there doing this it was it was so that was like one of the best days ever i mean julianne taylor's got the sexiest voice one of the sexiest voices anyway but i think it's pretty goddamn sexy and she's in there in, in her full-on like succubus voice mode just saying these hilarious things like 
like yes you could you could uh you could you could uh uh you have any age you like or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's just a dream after all yeah it's just a dream after all and then having arnie come in and playing off of her and having and just listening to his his voice just naturally cracks and <laughs> he went with it and and some of the things like there was one of the gasps that he did in that scene that like it fucking cracks me up like every single time i and i just sometimes just cue it up to the gas when he's all (laughs) (laughs) it's just the way he does it is so funny i i mean Um, that's good i just you can't beat the darkness scene when he thinks it's his dream that was just hilarious that was so funny oh my god so yeah and and it was it was it was (laughs) so there was um so I was worried how we were gonna how how we were gonna handle uh, a lot of darkness's gasps and moans whenever you know Cosmo like shuts her down really hard. Yeah, I was wondering because the mouth is like moving and then it closes for a bit and then it opens up again. And I remember I remember when Christina um, you know came in to do darkness and stuff and we were working through that. I said, Hey Christina, are you gonna be? Do you want to do you want to handle these these little mouth flaps one at a time or do you just want to? see this whole line and just do it. Cause it looks pretty complicated how like in darkness's physicality, she's like moving back and then she flaps her mouth once and then closes her mouth and then flaps again twice. And she's like, well, let me check it out. So we, we previewed it. And, um, I think we previewed it one more time so she could really get a sense of the timing and like count out the beats. And I mean, and then she, <laughs> she does that. Thing. She did it like perfect. Um, in like one take and i'm like wow that's awesome way to go christina and um, then she took a selfie right and then she took a selfie yeah no you know at that point when we were recording the show we had no idea when it was coming out we recorded it a long time before before it came out it was wild and so nobody could talk about it um <laughs> nobody could tweet about it Nobody could, you know, be all, oh, it's so excited if there's something. You know, it was like, I don't think any of the actors did that. I don't think Arnie is active on Twitter. He has an account, which I follow, which is him. But I don't, I don't think he really uses that. I think he uses, like, Facebook more. Or maybe he just stays off social media these days. I don't know. But, like, none of us were talking about it on purpose because it was like we didn't want to spoil the surprise. And plus... We didn't know when it was going to get released. We had no idea. I remember, I, I, I don't think anybody even dared take selfies during it. <laughs> um, I, I know that Christina was really, really proud of her work on it. And she was, um, she was, we would cross paths every now and then at Bang Zoom. And, and she'd be like, do you know when Kama Super's coming out? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know. It's, it's, it's who knows. And she's like, well, when are we going to do the second season? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> There's no, we don't know. Um, and same with Faye, same with Erica. You I could mean, have honestly changed the like names of the people of like just fans. You guys act just like we do. That's awesome. That's honestly <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like this is literally conversations I have with friends. Like when's the second season coming? I don't, I don't know. Can we talk? Yeah. I don't know yet. <laughs> So yeah, but that was exactly what Konosuba was like. It was it was it was kind of infuriating because I mean we didn't know we just didn't know and I and I think we I think I like me and Erica 
might have like on Twitter, we might have like liked something that was talking about Konosuba. And then somebody had tweeted back at us going, oh my gosh, you're doing it. And it's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. And by that time, we'd already finished. But still, it was like, oh, fuck, man. We can't, we Anime can't fans like will anything. grasp at anything. I probably would have noticed. I was about to say, it probably was Sketch notice. the one who said that. Oh, was it you, Sketch? No, I don't think it was you. I don't, I think, think, was... I don't usually retweet things that are out in the open. but No, this was somebody, I'm not, I, I'm trying, I don't remember who it was. So if they're listening, I, you know, please forgive me. It was a while ago. I, I, it wasn't someone as familiar as say you guys are to me. Like I'd know if Daryl or CJ or you sketch or Paul or, you know, if, if this, you know, or, or, um, Alice, is that her name? Meow? Oh, Allison. Allison. Yeah. Uh, Darrell, Jr., as I finally call her. Yeah, so I mean, if she was, if it was one of you folks, I'd be like, oh, hey, oh my God, uh, they're on to us. And I'd remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Sketch yeah. is usually the one, though. I feel like he probably got a burner account. <laughs> oh, dude. Very soon. Are my dreams coming through? <laughs> Very soon. I do also, I don't know if you were the one who, like, picked the casting. I think you said uh, you just normally do the writing, directing, and someone else does. That was a good casting so, for Konosuba. So on that one, actually, Mommy, uh, we were supposed to start recording like in three days, and I hadn't heard back from Mommy. And part of our agreement was that I could, you know, participate in the casting. And I hadn't heard back from her. And she then sent me an email back saying, "Oh, here are my picks, and and here are their auditions." And I just need your picks by 4 p.m. because that's when we got to get it back to Christmas. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. So I pushed everything aside that I was working on. I was like, I was like balls deep in the middle of a funny scene in episode 10 or something. And, <clears throat> or the OVA, I think it was the OVA. And I, and I was like, if it's suck what or suck where. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was past that point. <laughs> that was probably episode 11 then. Uh, but I had to put all that work aside for like, you know, half an hour or whatever, because I didn't have much time. I had literally like 40 minutes or something to get back to her. And I quickly went through, like mommy had, I think she had had like about five, five or six picks for each of the four main characters that she wanted to send to Crunchyroll and just have them decide. And I listened to them all. And then I picked and I said, I, I I said Faye definitely because having worked with Faye a little bit before, her personality aligns perfectly with Aqua's. Like I knew Faye could access that character and just knock it out of the park. Erica is Megumine. Again, I knew Erica could do this character, and it, and I and I knew she would give her that sort of little edge lord chuny whatever you call it um, attitude, and she would do it perfectly. Um, Christina, same thing. I, you know, I just, it was one of those, it was one of those things. Her audition was just, all these, all their auditions were the best. Christina V, I knew she could handle darkness. I didn't know how she was going to handle the way I wrote darkness <laughs> because I wrote darkness to, to speak in a very more formal sort of way, more formal than everybody else. Like Megumin sometimes drops into that sort of speech pattern when she's speaking to like, you know, Verdi or something, she's fronting or she's flexing at Verdi or whatever. <laughs> but 
know, darkness is pretty much speaking that way the whole time. And I didn't know if Christina was going to be, if that was going to be difficult for her or not, because I don't think I've ever worked with her speaking in that kind of style in a character before. Homura was sort of, sort of very cold and distant, but she spoke with contractions and a more modern sort of vibe. But I mean, ultimately, I mean, I've known and worked with Christina, I mean, ever since I pretty much started. I mean, we both kind of started in this business at around the same time. I think she was like a year after me. So I, I know her very well. And I, you know, I think she's, I love her. She's awesome. She never fails to, to, to surprise me. And so I was like, yeah, Christine is definitely darkness. And as for Arnie as um, Kazuma, we had a lot of the, the auditions that I had were, they all sounded like clean and heroic and Arnie the only other time I worked with Arnie was on Resident Evil um, uh, Vendetta. And he was coming in and ADRing uh, some mocap stuff that, you know, we had done in English. We had mocapped it with English actors. So, um, you know, I knew that he could handle that. And he seemed pretty cool and a fun guy for the you know short time that I got to work with him then. But like out of all of the auditions, his was the, his was the kind of the, I, I don't know. It had like this sort of like there was aggression there, but he was kind of geeky. And, and there was, there was whatever, whatever was going on with his voice, these weird kind of natural cracks that were in it and stuff. It just, it just felt right. <laughs> like when I looked at the picture of the character and I heard Arnie's voice in his audition, I was like, yeah, this is kind of what it should be. I know some of the criticisms that I've, I've read about the show, some people were disappointed that that Cosmo didn't sound like this all the time. You know, like all that kind of deep and just kind of like, oh, this is, the, you know, kind right. of sort of deep. And whenever he was like, uh, you know, talking out the side of his mouth at someone or about someone, you know, it was always kind of straight and smooth and just kind of pointed and Arnie's got a lot of just really sort of natural color to his voice. Again, just sort of the cracks in his voice and stuff. Smoothing it out um, on Ar with Arnie was uh, was difficult. Arnie had been in a couple of anime before uh, Konosuba, but he'd never been in as much anime as Konosuba, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. The thing, though, about Arnie is just that he's been acting since he's a, he's, he was a kid. He's got a shitload of improv experience. He brings a lot of ideas to the table. And the dude does not stop. Like, he is, will be recording for three hours. And he is, he doesn't, he isn't winded. He is, like, still ready to go and give it his all. He was so fucking excited about this show and this particular character and the more we worked on this, or the longer we worked on the show, the deeper we got into the show, the more he loved it. It was the weirdest thing. Like, I, like he was just, like, fucking raring to go every session. And it was, if he didn't have that energy, I don't think Cosmo would be so as special as he is in English. I know it's a little different than the Japanese, again, but it's it still works and it works really well because his attitudes are still the same yeah so yeah we had the right intention even though we couldn't match the same kind of like sort of tone of 
you know, the deepness of his voice and all that kind of stuff. I think Arnie's voice makes him, Kazuma more uh, youthful, if that makes any sense. Because Kazuma's only, mm-hmm. what, 17, 16 oh, I thought years he was old 15. Okay. 15, yeah, something like that. It's been a while since we dubbed it. Let's put it. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. I, I did think uh, he did yeah, a great he's... job when he flexed about stealing people's panties. So hell yeah! <laughs> oh my god! god yeah, Lance. everything. Everything he offered was really, really good. The only problem was, and this is why I mentioned his energy, is because he wasn't quite so used to the to how dubbing works. Um, and so, uh, the other shows that he was in, he was usually in sort of background characters, not a lot of lines. I don't know how those directors were handling him, but in Konosuba, it's like, okay, here we go. We're going to preview this one line. He's like, okay. And his, he wouldn't be in sync. His voice would be going off the rails. I mean, this was like our first session and I was really worried that he was going to get frustrated and that he was going to get, and that it was just going to close him down. Like I was fucking terrified of that happening for the first couple of episodes. And so I tried, I tried to let him know that it's okay to make mistakes. And I tried to help him as much as I could. I'm not a voice actor, so I can't tell him how, you know, uh, I, I don't have any real sort of tips or tricks as to how to sort of, focus how to memorize a line super fast then look at the mouth flaps as you're listening to the japanese processing the performance and the volume of the japanese and then beep 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 okay go you know i can't i can't give him tips and tricks for that i can only say you know what let's try it again this time um you 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 try and memorize the line and only look at the mouth flaps and really pay attention to how the Japanese is, is sounding. Like, what kind of feeling are you getting from the tone of their voice? And how loud are they? So we have to match those. Okay, now let's try it again, you know? And, but eventually, as we got through the show, um, he started getting better and better. Um, so I, I haven't worked with him since. <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I hope it's because he's like, Who's, who's working on, on sword art? Oh, Alex? No, fuck no. You know, I hope yeah. it's not that. Because he worked his ass off in that show. He worked his ass to the bone, to use a quote from the show. Hmm. Um, uh, but I, I know that when Faye did her um, special screening, when it finally did come out, I couldn't be at the screening, unfortunately. But um, when Faye invited everybody over for the screening and stuff, uh, we spoke after that. He called me and he was, he was so fucking happy. He was like, Oh my God, this is, this, this is so great. Thank you so much. It came out so good. Thanks. You know, thanks for all the hard work. Thanks for the, thanks for the, you know, this, the, the dialogue, you know, the, the words that you gave me and stuff. And thanks for your patience. And I'm like, dude, no, thank you for your patience. Hmm. We were just like thanking each other back and forth. But I was after, after we hung up, I felt so fucking good because he didn't hate me, or at least he didn't sound like he hated me. And he actually saw it, and it sounded like he really, really dug it, which doesn't really happen. You know, actors don't always watch the things that they're in. And when an actor, you know, calls me up, or when I see them again, and they say, Oh my God, I just saw it. 
it was fucking great. I wish I could have done this differently, but overall it was great. You know, that makes me feel great. Uh, it makes me feel like, oh my God, I did my job. They had a good time and they feel like they contributed, you know? And so Arnie, it was, it was one of those things. It was like, shit, man, this is great, Arnie. I'm so glad you don't hate me. And I'm glad you like the show. And it sounds like everybody else likes it too. Everybody else meaning the cast. And that was like, wow, okay. So if everybody's hearts were in the right place when we recorded it, and everybody seems to like how they came out, hopefully the fans are going to like it too. So I did, and I'm a fan. So they got one. I definitely enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Then it was then then all that pain and effort was worth it because at least three people liked it, (laughs) (laughs) who were not in the cast, but three people liked it. And uh, and just for a couple hours, you guys had a good time. And that's awesome. Well, you know, I'm a big dude, so I cap about two and a half, man. So you oh. got by. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I will say, too, I don't know how you could, like, be able to capture the enthusiasm that came out when it, at least when I hear both Cosma and Aqua, like, oh, God, I have a feeling like both of them just have boundless energies, both uh, Faye and Arnie. Oh, yeah. No, Definitely. <laughs> yeah it was good that, that it was combo, really good yeah that combo arnie and Faye. i'm so glad you guys like them because yeah i mean as a, a playing off of each other and stuff they're perfect i couldn't be i couldn't be more stoked that's that's one of my favorite shows that i ever worked on that's one of my favorite shows it was one of the most difficult but it was also one of my most favorite because of because of the end result and uh and and then plus you know working with these actors it was it was great, and then Patrick, of course, is Verdia. <laughs> oh yeah. man! Whoops, his head <laughs> slipped. Yep, and Brianna is Wiz, and wait till you hear who plays Union. I can't tell you because they haven't released the OVA yet. But once Union comes in, <laughs> oh, boy, yeah, I can't. I can't hardly wait. And the OVA is super pervy. Crunchyroll, if you're listening, let Alex work on season two already. Let him do it. Post the OVA. Post the OVA and let Alex work on season two, please. Thank you. I mean, again, it's at at this point, it's like I don't know when I'm going to. Like, I'm still, you know, in the middle of Sword Art here, and I still got a ways to go, boys. I don't know if Crunchyroll can wait. That's the other thing. Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll has like a a time frame and I, I mean I seriously doubt they're gonna wait for someone for a writer and a director to become available. I, I I have a feeling they're gonna do like what most companies do. We need a dub by this date because our premiere is already set or we're trying to, you know, get it ready for anime expo or whatever. They, they can't wait for me if I'm not available. And I totally understand that. I think it's gonna you know, yeah, I'm gonna hate not being able to work on it, but I'm already kind of preparing myself for it because I don't, uh, I, I'm not going to be done with this part of sword art anyway, until well, we start, well, I get, like, we have eight more episodes to write and record. Um, so that's probably going to be like middle of June, maybe that's when we'll be done recording and writing. And I, I don't know if crush is going to wait that long. I mean, they waited what, two years just to, just to bring out the first one, uh, the first season. Crunchyroll, make a clone of Alex, please. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that'll work. More than one, preferably, so he can have fun too. <laughs> Give the real CJ get the job there well. too as well. We got you. It would be it would be cool to it, it would definitely be cool. I would love to work on Konosuba season two because I've already I've already watched it a bunch of times. I I I, I want to, I want to be able to work on that scene between uh, darkness and Bonnier. <laughs> <laughs> I already know I already know how we're gonna do it. I've already kind of thought about it. I can't wait to cast Vanier. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be, and I know Christina is going to be like totally on board for that. And I, and I, again, I just want to work with, with all those actors again, because we all had so much fun. I mean, but I hope that everybody digs their work in it because they all, you know, did just such an amazing job, which, you know, again, it makes it one of my most favorite things I've ever worked on. It was it was fun to record, and the end result is still fun to watch. Kind of like Kill a Kill. Yes. So absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. there's still stuff about Kill a Kill that makes me laugh. <laughs> Episode four, when Ryuko gets the pie in the face. <laughs> that would be your favorite. I mean, it's a it's an easy joke. <laughs> you haven't tried to reenact that with Erica, have you yet? Oh God! She would no. The pie would be in my face. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm thinking you do like a drive-by pie hitting, and then all of a sudden you just blast "Don't lose your ways." You drive off, and oh. she can't catch you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's a funny story about recording the kill the kill game. So Erica's first day of recording, I I had um uh, uh the oh fuck I forget the name of this track, but it's the 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 uh, the uh, Satsuki march or whatever um, from Kill a Kill, and so as we walked towards the stu- the studio that we were recording in that day, I was blasting it on my phone as loud as it could go. <laughs> and so all these people, all these people who work at Bang Zoom, are like looking at their desks, going, "What the fuck is this?" And we're walking, and and Eric is just like, "Oh my god, would you stop that?" She's like burying her head in her hands, and and so I was like. That's about as much as much as I'll embarrass her. I remember she, I, I, I was driving. I, was, I think I was driving to get something to eat one day, and her, Christian Lamont, and Lucian were, and somebody else. They were walking down the street, and I, they, I saw them cross in front of me in the crosswalk, but they didn't know it was me in the car. And so then, as I made my left hand turn, I rolled my window down. And I was like, Ryuko Matoi! <laughs> <laughs> as loud as I could, like screaming it across traffic in the middle of the night. Um, and of course, she tweeted about that, something snarky. So. Oh, yes. yeah. That, that's how Erica <laughs> rolls. That's how she rolls, man. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I'm glad that you got to dub the game. That must have been a lot yes. of fun, too. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, I. I, uh, uh, the writing, the writing part was a little difficult because I had no idea what the story branches were about. I had to actually read through the entire script. There wasn't, there wasn't really a synopsis available or anything like that. So it was quite a lot of work. Of course, the attacks didn't need any sort of real adaptation. And when we were recording it, we were always using, uh, the Japanese track as a reference. So the actor would hear the, the track for the line. And then we would just punch in to record right after the track. 
And because everybody knew their characters already, they, uh, you know, we didn't have to do more than one take. Um, sometimes we do an extra take. If I, if I said, hey, wait a second, this is actually what I think is going on in the story right now. So we, we, we need to sort of, uh, I don't know, um, have a little concern or whatever in the read. But rarely did we do more than one take. The, but again, the adaptation process was a drag just because I was finding the story out as I was reading. And if anybody's ever seen a, a script for a video game, there, there are no, it's not it's like, like a movie book. script. Yeah, it's, it's like several tabs in an Excel document or whatever. And each one of those tabs has files that relate to, or, or has lines that relate to other lines in other tabs. So it's not like a movie script where, um, you know, you have like a, um, a, a scene block where it describes, it sets the scene describes the action, and then it has the dialogue. It, it's not like that at all. It's just line after line of dialogue. So after, you know, after reading the story branches, I was like, oh, okay, this is what's going on. Okay, now I know why it's called Kill a Kill If. Okay, this is when it's taking place. Okay, got it. Now I know how a game like this can, can exist in the Kill a Kill storyline. Wait, what's Satsuki doing? And then I, you know, three scripts later in the fourth tab in the last script, I would, I would be reading some, you know, some battle lines or something. I'd be like, Oh fuck, this relates to something else. So I'd go back and I changed the line. It was just, it was crazy. And, and then I was, of course I didn't have time to go through the script because, you know, the client needed, needed stuff like right away. So I was recording um, sometimes fixing things on the fly while recording, which I hate going home and writing at night, um, writing on the weekends, trying to catch up, keeping an eye on the schedule. Who's coming in? Are they supposed to wrap? Okay. Well, I got to make sure I have all of their lines ready and all of these tabs. There's like, I think there's like 6,500 lines, including attacks in that game. Whew. Yeah. And it was, uh, so that was rough. I'd never experienced anything like that, but um, I tried to make sure that everybody, um, all, everybody's dialogue was um, specific to their character as you know it from our dub and show. So Satsuki's going to speak like Satsuki. Ryuko's going to speak like Ryuko. Um, uh, it's, yeah, so hopefully the experience won't be jarring. And, I, and from what I understand, the client, you know, it says that everything is looking great and sounding great and they're just plopping dialogue into the game and hopefully um i guess june june 26th or something it's coming out oh yeah i think is it the 26th or 27th 27th one of those two i forget what it is i hope it's the 27th because that's my brother's birthday so i might get him it Uh, okay well happy birthday to him and hopefully he likes the game and he can follow the story and there's no like weird Wait, what the fuck are they talking about? Moments, you know? Well, worst comes to worst, I'll just have it for myself and I'll play. Because I fucking love Kill a Kill. <laughs> I don't really care how he feels about it. He's going to like it whether he wants to or not. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just hoping that the disc battle, I think they call it, um, they, uh, there, was, there was a term that um, we were going back and forth on. Um, it's called uh, Bloody Valor now. It's like a special combo move that you can do. 
that while you're battling, if you're attacking someone, depending on who you're playing, who you're maining, you will engage in a dis battle. They show a little bit of it in that promo that dropped that we that we uh, dubbed with Christine. It's it's you'll be fighting and you'll hit this combo and you'll you'll continue to fight in the background, but you and the character who you're fighting, um, their profiles will pop up on either side of the screen, and then they'll just be dissing each other. <laughs> And it's like, I I hope I got those right. <laughs> that sounds because awesome. Such a, yeah, it's like such a special feature. And you actually can lose or gain points based on who comes out on top of the disc battle. So I'm hoping I got those right for everybody. And, and, and... <laughs> When they play it, they'll be they'll be able to go, oh shit, Satsuki's fucking Ryuko up, you know, verbally and physically. Sketch, we need um, to get this game. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm definitely. excited to play it. I t- I told Sketch over DM last night. That's this is the game that's gonna make me get a Switch. So, it's, it is this. I thought it was a Switch. Good thing we already have one. Sketch, we're gonna do it. We're gonna fight each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, it, it looks like all the little features in it and stuff having having uh, uh, being able to do like a like a battles online with people. I mean, it's and and from what I've seen of the game footage, which is what everybody else has seen so far, um, it looks really cool. And they recreated the actual you know some of the actual attacks and moves from the from the show, and and they've made a few new ones as well. Nice. There's. Uh, there's definitely some surprises. So, but you got to play the story branch, obviously, to find those surprises and actually experience the story. Um, and then, or you can just buy it just to fight people as Ryuko or whatever. So, it's uh, um, I, everyone was really excited to come back and work on it. Everybody was like smiling every day, every day that we had all of the refs, I should say, because some days, some days we didn't have refs like. Erica's first day of recording, the day that I told you when I was playing her into the, the booth <laughs> with mm. the music. That day we recorded um, we recorded Laura as Ragyo and we were just we were just cooking. Um, because I mean again, these everybody knows their characters and they just and they love the show. And so they are they knew the the right attitude, they knew the voices, they were just like they were all there. We were we were we were missing, unfortunately, a lot of the Japanese references when Erica and Laura had started the job. When, but we you know we tried pushing through, and there was a section that um, we were told that we didn't need to. Um, they didn't need to be. Um, uh, we didn't need to worry about uh, uh, timing our performances or our lines to the exact same timing as the Japanese ref, meaning that the line has to be exactly as long or a little bit shorter or a little bit longer than the Japanese. I think we had like a second of wiggle room. Well, those changed after the first day of recording. <laughs> so, so, so now it was like we didn't have refs for a lot of the things and the client changes our specs so that now like everything needed to be timed to the Japanese. Mm-hmm. So there was no, there was like, we still had like a second of wiggle room, but now, you know, lines that went on for three seconds, which some of them did, 
there was they had to be they had to be within that that time so it was there was a lot of stuff that we had to re-record because just my adaptations were way too short and and then there was stuff that we had to re-record just because we ran out of references and we had to keep recording so i would just go okay i think it's going to sound like this because this is where this happens in the story and so we'd record it that way and uh and then, of course, we'd get the ref later on, and it would be like, "Oh shit, she's yelling! Fuck, Erica, we got to go back and do these ten loops. You're yelling in all of them." And she's like, "Great, fuck my life." Fun. Jeez, that sounds like a great process. It's it was it was uh, it was just it was just you know frustrating. Yes, but but in the end, it was okay because everybody again, everybody was really excited to come back and do it that made whatever was difficult for me worth it because when you got people like, you know, Erica and Carrie again, who I haven't worked with in a while, you know, yeah, Sarah Williams again, someone else who, I mean, I, I just worked with her again on sword art, but I don't get to work with her a lot. Um, uh, you know, Steve and Grant, it's like and Patrick, of course they're, I mean, it's like, everybody's always having a good time and I can tell that they're really into it. And you know, that, that makes it, that makes me, that makes me feel really good because I can, I can, I can tell that they're having fun and, and I can sit back as the audience and watch and really do my job as a director, which is literally be the audience and then be like, Oh, okay. So we're just technically, we, we need to go a little faster here or you just need to inflect this one word here so I can understand what you're talking about. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, this actor's not having a good time. How do I, how do I help them loosen up? We didn't have that problem because everybody who came in was already like, fuck yeah, let's roll. Mm. I'll probably be a Ryuko main. I'll probably be a Ryuko main. She is going to be salty as hell. (laughs) She's, she's got, she's going to drop some, uh, she's going to drop some, uh, cuss words <laughs> some hot bars huh yeah so yeah there's there's quite a few goddammits and and some dipshits that i threw in there nice um, so we didn't we didn't get any we didn't get any more vulgar than that you know, there were times when erica was like looking at me going i could say this and i'm like yeah what the hell it's the same intention i mean look here's the translation i would expand the translation so she could see it and she's like yeah, I guess it's the same intention. I'm like, yeah, so let's just do it. And it's kill my kill. I mean, it'll, you know, it makes sense. I mean, shit, you fucking said it in the show. So why can't we say it in the game? The client said they, the whole reason Arc System was doing this was because the producer on this game was a fan of the dub. And he heard what the reaction was at Anime Expo last year. And he was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's make this happen. He's the one everybody should be thanking. <laughs> so yeah, because he was like, yeah, that's awesome. That's Nobuaki's, that's quite Nobuaki's an origin story for that. That is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I didn't think it was going to happen at all, but it did, and I was so happy to be a part of it, even though it was physically draining, as like like super physically draining, uh, just because of all the other things. Like sword art was starting up. This other job, like two other jobs, I was in the, I was in those as well. Um, uh, it was, 
it was uh, it was working on too many things, and I almost turned it down. But I'm glad I didn't because even though all the adaptation was a bit of a headache for me, that's you know those moments when the actors were in there, when Nonon was doing her her thing, you know <laughs> that that kind of shit. It was you know it was like oh my god, this is so great, and it's it sounds just like the show. Together. Oh, I cannot yeah. wait for this now. Oh, that has me hyped. Yeah, I mean, I hope everybody enjoys it. I hope you enjoy it. I probably will. I'm very easy, so. Yes, you are. I mean, I, I, I play I play Overwatch and League of Legends. I'm a very easy person to entertain. Oh, League of Legends is great, man. I just started finding out the love of it, and yes, I, I do. Believe it or not, I'm a support main. I love playing oh. support. I love playing nice. as Braum, Tom Kench, and freaking um, Sona. I, I love playing as those. Oh, three. okay. Yeah, yeah. I've only played it a couple of times. Not familiar with Braum. Sona, I know. Brom is just this handsome young fellow with a great handlebar mustache and a shield that will protect you. I love him. <laughs> oh, I've seen pictures of him. Okay, I've seen pictures of him. All right, that's the guy. Okay. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He'd fit right into Konosuba as like <sighs> as like the person who Kazuma would beat up without them really realizing what's going on and steal their. He would steal a shield and then sell it just like he did to that uh, great hero. Oh, like his Achilles character. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly how it would. That's how it would play out. Very much so. <laughs> just that, he's just that sweet. <laughs> now, CJ mentioning uh, Erica dropping some bars. I gotta, I gotta ask Alex. Have, have you heard Erica rap? Oh like, right, oh, in Megalobox, so dude. Yeah, I, I bars. Heard a, I heard a section of it. I heard a section of it, and I thought, yeah, she did it. She did the best she could. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! I, I thought it was good. I no, I mean no, I mean she's you know she has to deal with like sync and stuff, so it kind of breaks a flow up a little bit. But I think the adaptation was you know pretty good. Um, it was just weird, you know. It was weird that the rap was going on, and so that kind of like took me out of it for a little bit. But yeah, I mean for what it was, I yeah, I mean she, I know she was really nervous about it. Um, but in the end I was like, yeah, it came out fine. It was, it was awesome. I, I, I don't know how else she could have handled it but with those mouth flaps. Let's put it that way. So. Yeah. Hot bars. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, so, serious bars, man. I would, I, I would blast that in the car. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole soundtrack of that show is fire. Oh, yes, it yeah. is. So. Yeah, that came out. That show came out pretty cool. It's, it's um, yeah. Uh, that was fun. All right, guys. This, this is nothing but well, fun. Yeah, lots of fun, and we we can only hope that Konosuba shows up on Toonami, and of course, there's plenty more Sword Art on coming yes. our way, and maybe um, other shows that Alex has worked on. We'll maybe. see. It's. It, right now, like I said, there's the one top secret thing that we recorded last year that probably isn't going to be on Toonami, but who knows? Oh, I'm I'm working on my very first original animation thing, but that's Ooh. definitely not going to be on Toonami. That for a streaming service? Yeah, it's like you know, take your pick. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and and then what else? I mean, yeah, it's just like a bunch of things that I can't mention, but oh. I can definitely say that. No one's called me about Konosuba 2. 
Um, I have no idea if it's happening or when it's happening. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and there goes my phone. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> Amazing. It didn't ring for like four hours. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I, it's just me working and everybody knows to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to borrow like, that kind of aura then, Alex. Yeah, no. It's super, super easy. Oh, it's my mom. <laughs> my, mom's like, my mom's like, hey, how's your day going? I hope you're I hope you got some sleep last night. I hope you're, you know, working. You know, and you're not like you're eating and you're drinking water and just making sure to take care of yourself. She's the one who worries about me about that kind of stuff. Aren't so, moms the best? Yeah, well, I mean, moms are great, but oh my god, mom, come on, don't worry about me. I, <laughs> I will eat when I'm hungry. I will drink water when I am thirsty. You can bet on that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was awesome. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us, though, Alex. This was such a pleasure to hear from you again. No, thanks again for having me on board, and I'm sorry I've been away for so long. And I know you guys reached out to me a couple times to to talk, but I just wasn't any. I just, I just honestly did not have the time, so I'm sorry about that. Just know that you are missed and loved. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate all you guys, and you know, every time you guys, every time you guys are, are tweeting away during tsunami night and stuff, it's always a blast seeing what's going on and, and what you guys are talking about. So. Dude, I pay attention so, to some of the things I say sometimes. Because <laughs> <laughs> Promise no, Neverland got the kids' meal. <laughs> there are some sandwiches for you. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what a turn. Oh. <laughs> Tastes like chicken. Oh, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Have it with a nice county and some fava beans. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. interested to see how that show how that show uh, rolls out. Um, I haven't watched any of the subtitled versions. Eric is like a huge fan of that of the manga. It the manga is so, fantastic. Oh my god, yeah, I love that's it. What she says, yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see where the show goes now. So, um, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Sounds good. Trust, and if you do have time to read the manga, you will not be disappointed. The artwork, oh, like it's so tough oh, for really? an anime to like be able to capture like the artistry from the manga. Like Black Clover is a classic example of that, where the manga art just is leaps and bounds and much more amazing than the anime. And Promise Neverland, not not as if like no one's trying, but oh, that artwork in the manga is just all oh, those spreads. You 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 would really, really enjoy the detail the creepiness the gruesomeness it's well it's well done the artwork i can't believe what a human hand can do huh well i'll I'll borrow from from uh from erica then if she's if she's if she's willing to let me take a volume at a time (laughs) oh no she might just be like if you won't embarrass me no more uh, walk-up music (laughs) when we go to work together or for like two bucks you could subscribe to shonen jumps back catalog oh yeah oh that's right Oh, well, maybe I'll do that. Ooh, it's two bucks nice. a month. That's it. Yeah, two bucks a month. Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. For a huge library manga. Oh, okay. Well, then, shit. I gotta find a. Uh, well, I guess I'll be unemployed for a few months after after episode twenty four of this batch of sort. Right? So maybe I'll use those months to like subscribe and just read *Promise Neverland*. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know good, many people will be pleased. The anime. That. 
We'll be over on Tsunami, and then you can see what happens next. Wait, how how many episodes is the anime? Is it twelve or twelve? It's twelve. Twelve. Is it twelve? I thought it was thirteen. Okay. No, it's twelve. Twelve. And season two will be next year in January. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Mm. Think like Attack on Titan. Only we have an actual like deadline of where we're going to see the next season. Ah, yeah. So I'll watch the anime then first, and then I'll. Then I'll go check out the manga. I mean, yeah. that's how I did it. Now yeah. I'm going to read in the, some of the manga because oh, I, I don't want to wait a I, freaking year. I read it. I actually read it when it first was uh, simulpubbed before Viz did the whole thing. Like, it was like, hey, check out this new series that we were debating. People loved it. Um, it never really resonated with me. Like, it was good. Don't get me wrong. But it didn't really grab me until a specific arc that won't be probably animated till maybe even a third season of that. Maybe second season. It's Goldie Pond. Oh. Oh, it's so good. Oh, that arc okay. was so amazing, and it's has, it hasn't looked back for me since. It's been that good. It's been really, really? Good. yeah. Oh yeah. Like if Erica, I'm sure Erica could give you an un, an unbiased thing, even though she's in the show. But like for me, oh, it, it's it's well done, and it's it's just I like it because I love Shonen. Like I love the Shonen trope so much. It's it's honestly one of my favorite. My Hero Academia, Black Clover, uh, Bleach, Naruto, all that. Like I can't get enough. And the fact that this is in the same ranks with that, and it's like drama, it's a uh, a thriller. You're like just grasping at the next page, like wondering if they're going to survive, if they're going to make it out, all these different types of things. Like, oh, it's so well done. So okay, all right. Yeah, sketch did a good sketch did a good way to describe it for those who aren't sure. It's like Prison Break, you know, like. Now that we know what's going on in the first episode, it's like a prison break. And to, I couldn't think of a better analogy for it. It is awesome. Well, some people like to compare it to Chicken Run. <gasps> That's the... Yes! That is the best narrative. Oh. No one escapes Mama's far. I don't want to be a pie. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to be a pie. I don't want to be a pie. <laughs> Stick your head between your legs and kiss your butt goodbye. <laughs> oh. Except there's there's no Rod- Rodney character. Oh. You don't you don't you don't have that that character saying, I know how to get us out. <laughs> no, they they got to figure that one out. Themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but it is good. Definitely, definitely check it out when you have the time. I'm sure not we'll only do. will we be pleased, the Toonami fans will be pleased, but Erica will be pleased. And that's always good. <laughs> no, I definitely will. Now, everybody... Everybody on that show. Um, I mean, they cast Laura as an evil mom again. Yeah. <laughs> That's so brilliant. It is. And then, yeah, and then they got uh, uh, Laura Stahl, who I got to work with on GGO for a bit and stuff. I fucking love working with her. So she's on it too. And I think Jackie's in it too. It's. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it last night, but I know I I saw the that they were recording it at Bang Zoom, and I was like, oh, what's that? And then Erica sort of filled me in on it. And I was like, oh, shit, okay, well, that sounds cool. So, all right, well, I hope it does well. And everybody's... I just wonder something. It seems like Bang Zoom has a lot of projects going on right now. Would you say it's more or about the same as it usually is? I don't, I don't know if there's a usual, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Right. Um, sometimes, like, what I do, like, Bang Zoom kind of keeps everybody separate. So we don't we don't quite know what like 
you know, like I'm a freelancer, so uh, it's I'm not entitled to know about anything. Once in a while, if I'm walking past a, a studio to get to the studio where I'm working out of, I'll see like a sign up with some initials on it. And sometimes I'll know what those initials mean, like SAO. Uh, sometimes I won't. Um, Promise Neverland was one of those things where I didn't know what the initials, their code name or whatever for it was. And I think it was until I was talking to Steve or I think Steve and I, yeah, it was when we were doing Kill a Kill. Um, Steve was mentioning it. And, and then uh, Erica mentioned it too around that same time. And so, uh, but like, it, it's weird. Like I'll, like, once again, I'll bump into uh, Chris Kaysen, you know, at some point during the day and I'll know he's there working on something or I'll bump into like <sighs> Christian Lamont, Julie Madalena, or, you know, Wendy sometimes or Kirk sometimes or whatever, Tony, you know, all the time with Tony. And sometimes I'm, sometimes I can ask somebody, Hey, what are you working on? Are you working on something fun? Um, and sometimes I can't because sometimes they can't talk about it. So I don't quite know how much they're working on at any given point in time. I do know that they're pretty busy because like I started sword art with one engineer and then he was working on something else than for the next batch of episodes. So I had to work with a different engineer like for kill the kill the game i pretty much every engineer at bang zoom worked on it including people who don't record anime so you know they're, they're like sound designers and shit and they had to come work on it so i know that in moments like that either there's like a flu virus going around hmm. and engineers are dropping like flies or it's all hands on deck and they have engineers like spread out on all sorts of different jobs bang zoom you know, it has like three locations right now where they do different things. And I know that Ben Zoom is doing is, is uh, they're recording some original animation there too, along with anime and video games. The parking lot is always full. So, <laughs> it, so it's one of those things where it's like, if the parking lot is full, then that means every studio is being used. And that's pretty much how it's always been for the most part, except on like, you know, holidays or weekends or the odd Friday when there's a convention in town or something like that. So, yeah, you would probably, I guess, to get a definitive answer, you'd probably have to talk to like mommy, mommy Okada. Mm. She'd be the one to be able to tell you, yeah, you know, we're, this is the busiest year we've ever had or whatever. Cause she's, she's more boots on the ground there as far as the projects go. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully the new uh, big Anaplex anime falls into your lap too of uh, Demon Slayer Yaiba. I'm hoping. Oh, you could... dude! I just watched the first two episodes. Yes! Today, I was like, "Oh shit! <laughs> this is this looks pretty fucking cool." Nice. Um, yeah, I was like, "Wow, this is actually cool." I love the sister. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nezuko. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Basket and stuff, and I. I, I, it seems, I mean, it seems really fun, but again, it's like, this is, you know, two episodes in and I, I have high hopes. Um, I don't know where the story is going. I know it's based on a manga as well. Yeah. Uh, apparently, and I wouldn't know this. Uh, I have a friend who is like the number one source of info for that manga. It's like mm -hmm. one of the highest sellers in Japan. 
and like a lot of the old hat uh, manga authors for Weekly Shonen Jump are like, this is the next big thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I like the setup in the first two episodes. I'm curious where it's going to go and whether it's going to have like, it you just, know, the legs to. It looks so beautiful. It looks so. Yeah, beautiful. it does. Oh. Yeah, it's like wh- who's the animation company? Ufotable or something? Yes, yes, the ones that did uh, the Fate Zero. Fate, uh, oh, and, uh, yeah. and Unlimited Blade Works and the recent right. uh, Fate movies. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Something about the style was a little familiar. Oh. Uh, something about the colors. Oh, yeah. no. It's so good. So, yeah, I mean, it, for, for the first two episodes, yeah, this is interesting. I definitely want to see a third. Um, I can't tell you anything beyond that. Um, <laughs> I liked but, it. So hopefully yes. if, when Aniplex so gets far, the cool. materials to do work on it and hopefully it gets a dub, hopefully you'll get to work on it. Just because I know oh. how, how much care you put into your projects. Oh, I mean, fuck, I'd love to dub the first two episodes right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah, that? Alex that wants like, to do a simul oh, dub? Cool. What? What? Oh. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously <laughs> I can't do it now, but you know. It's after watching them, I was kind of excited. I was like, oh my God, I wonder if they're going to do a dub. And holy shit, if they do a dub, wait a second, I'm still working on Sword Art. Oh, fuck. <laughs> there goes that dream. Well, so, uh, you mean you got some time since it's only been two episodes at least? Uh, you know, maybe they'll have it ready to start production shortly after you're done with this chunk of SAO. Yeah. Oh, it just, I mean, who knows? It, it could happen that way, and if that doesn't happen, then by golly, I hope Konosuba Season 2 does. <laughs> I mean... Just slide I, it in right point, there. I mean, at this point, right now, I've just got to focus on Sword Art and and just hopefully, um, hopefully finish the next four scripts by, by the end of this month, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully be ready to record. <laughs> the next we, four we have faith in you and your team thank you thank <laughs> you we'll uh we'll try and make it happen on time <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about I'm it i'm sure Tsunami really helped out with that by doubling up episodes for two weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> that much to his children <laughs> it's like oh no my buffer <laughs> yeah our buffer has definitely shrunk a little bit because of that Oh, well. uh, don't worry. They'll take a few weeks off for marathons. And Darrell uh, just takes pleasure in that. <laughs> yes, make Alex suffer more. <laughs> oh, trust me, man. When, he, when I see him just do the like rage tweets, man, I just start laughing and cracking all kinds of jokes. I, I think mean, some people get mad at me for doing it, but like, look at me and Alex got that relationship. <laughs> Every time I do those things, like that, like that shot from Pieces or whatever with the woman screaming. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like that's when I'm writing and it's like, oh, I've been sitting here and this line has taken literally hours for me to try to figure out and I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> so, you know, you know, when I post that picture, I've been working on a line for hours. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know the pattern, man. I know the pattern. Not cool. <laughs> Not cool. It was like, why do you do, like, some people was like, why do you do that to him? I was like, because I enjoy his suffering. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I accept it. It's part of the deal. Exactly. <laughs> See, man, people, now y'all understand why I joke with folks the way I do. People just understand. <laughs> I get it. 
I get it and I appreciate it. <laughs> hey man, I got look here. We all keep each other sane in some kind of way. I think people just need me around for comical reasons anyway. Damn. Well, I just need you around so you can keep uh, giving me shit every time I'm like suffering. <laughs> <laughs> he does that well. Oh yeah, dude. Pain man. is a motivator. But trust Damn. me. Hey, what can I say? Pain is weakness leaving the body. <laughs> Thank God, do I know about pain leaving that body bag. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I gotta, I gotta get back to episode seventeen here. Yeah, we don't oh, want to have to tell Toonami fans that we were the cause of the delay. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, cause of the delay. I, it would still get out there in time. Believe me, <laughs> I would stay up late to do it because, oh my God. And then he'll have an angry tweet. Those damn Toonami faithful people again. Yep. You let me go on and on for four hours. It's their fault I talk so much. Yeah, that's what that's what I'll do. It was great. Okay. It was great stories and wonderful intel. But yeah, it's still their fault. And yes, and Darrell was drinking in the process of this. Ooh. Damn. Ah, yeah. Well, good luck on your work. Hopefully it doesn't sure. drive you too crazy, Alex. And again, thank you so much for talking with us. Yes. No, thanks again for having me on, guys. It's, it was Always a pleasure, fun. man. Yeah, likewise. All right, well, stay well, and uh, hopefully I'll talk to you guys sooner than 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 last time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bad chance. All right, thanks again, guys. See you, Alex. Yeah. See you. Bye. I'm not a man.